0: Welcome to Week in Horror. You gotta be fucking kidding. The only podcast that will feed your horror need.
1: The need to feed.
0: With JL. Yeah, I'm a fucking masochist. I'll watch that shit. <laughs> Eugene. Somebody has to be the sex symbol. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> Alex. Shit, I just
0: demonetize this forever. And Johnny O.
1: How do you like that shit? You got halfway through the monologue. <laughs> Before unmuting myself, golly, it's one of those <laughs> fucking days.
0: <laughs> With industry guests. Hi, this is Richard Oaks, director of hosts. Hey, this is Adam Leder, director of hosts.
1: This is Matthew Mark Hunter.
0: I'm Don and Ellie. And you're listening to Week in Horror.
1: And you're listening to Week in Horror.
0: And this is Week in Horror. And you're listening to Week in Horror. Welcome to prime time, bitch! News, trivia, and more.
3: One by one, we will take you.
0: Join our live show Wednesdays at 7 central, youtube.com slash week in horror. And wherever you listen to podcasts, week in horror. Stay scared. and we're live welcome back horror fans it is wednesday 7 p.m central time that means it's time for another episode of the week in horror podcast the only podcast that puts the fucking lotion in the basket thank you for joining our live show and for all of our podcast listeners be sure to check us out so you too can interact directly with the show this week we're covering select films released in horror history september 5th through september 11th thank you all so much for joining us i am jl and with me tonight are johnny o and Alex,
2: hi. What's up, motherfuckers?
0: I just
1: want to point out that JL was wrong in the green room. <clears throat>
0: <laughs> so he's pointing out that we were discussing there was the scene in 300 when the Spartans come across the small village that's been decimated by the Persians, and the child comes walking out as the only one, you know, the only one left alive. And I thought because I'd never actually gone into the uh, credits, I thought that that was a little boy. But apparently, that was a little girl. Her name is Alexandra, and I, I was unaware of that. I was like, I'm pretty sure it's a little boy. But, you know, at that age, you know, especially with all the makeup and how they did how they did her hair, it was right. difficult to tell. So I was like, I assumed it was a little boy, and apparently it was not. It was a little girl. And, That's
1: uh, just your misogyny showing. Why can't it be a little girl? Why do you have to automatically assume it's a boy? Like, girls can't act?
0: We ain't even in three minutes you're going to call me out for some shit.
1: (laughs) Johnny, Johnny,
2: Johnny's on fire.
0: (laughs) Fucking brutal. I'm kidding. uh,
1: kidding. JL uh, is one of the least misogynistic... I can't even say it. It's how much of a bullshit lie that is. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) Uh, I do want to send out my um, deepest well wishes for everybody who's been affected by this latest... Tragedy, this latest shooting in what was it North Carolina?
2: North Carolina, yeah.
1: My goodness, people, put your guns away, fuckers! It's Jesus wild. Christ! Fuck. Anyway, insane. Yeah.
0: Well, before we dive into this, let's take a quick look at who is in the live chat. See who's joined us tonight. I see forty seconds. Forty seconds to <laughs> is Surf. It was the first one in the chat. Surf can see one of our amazing patrons. Hey, and, Elizabeth. Uh, Tina Jones says, "Peekaboo." Be sleeping before the end. So my answer to the quiz is forty-two
2: answer to life and everything
0: the is- answer to life and everything yes uh chris our music channel is, uh, is here in the house is my guest for the trivia question kyle butt in the parlor pummeling his own forehead with a 40 pound bible for the win <laughs> so that's probably- one
1: you just one clue <laughs>
0: That is the uh, a uh, reference to my personal to my personal channel in the video that I just recently released. Good good guess. <laughs> that Chris. is a
1: reference to his personal wish list. I mean personal <laughs> channel.
0: <laughs> oh, Charlie Welch is in the house. Good to see you, Charlie Welch. He says he's 69. Um, Elizabeth, good to see you. Elizabeth Sylvester. Nice. Excellent. And Sarcasm, who is lurking and working mm. always away. Charlie Welch says the trivia answer is Spanglish. Mm. The Adam Sandler. Uh, Paz Vega. Dramatic.
1: Very nice to look at.
0: Yes, Paz Vega. And nice.
1: she's a terrific actress.
0: Prime Red says, Prime Red is in the house, says the horror is real. And it is. It is very real. Right uh, Commander Darklight. Hey, it's good to see you. Another one of our amazing patrons. I think our, our first patron. Uh, so good to see you, Commander Darklight, all the way from uh, Australia. And uh, Chris Durham Music Channel. Good to see you. Uh, let me see you. Jinju's in the house. Hello. Good to see you. And I think I didn't see anybody else pop in. she's just like, Ugh. oh, they're talking about Prime red oh prime red um and his Bible man reviews. if you want to talk about horror, there you go <laughs> <see>? <laughs> you check out Prime Red's channel on some YouTube.
1: fucking scary <laughs> shit right there.
0: look at his look at his uh his breakdown of the Bible man series. It's some terrifying shit that it, will really <laughs> it will haunt your
1: dreams.
0: It will haunt your dreams. Um, all right, I think that's all in the house for right now. Good to see everybody, and um, thank you for joining us live. And be sure to smash that like button; it really does help us with the algorithm. So, before we jump into today's selections, we got some deep ones that we're going to talk about. But before we do that, we're going to talk real quick about our first big outing as a as a podcast, as a team, when we go to Texas Frightmare Weekend. Uh, the weekend of the 10th, 11th, and 12th back in Dallas. So uh, it's been a while because TFW has been put on hold because of the whole, you know, the yeah. lockdown situation out there. Everybody's been, you know, you just can't have conventions when you can't socialize. But I, uh, we're finally past it and we're going to be there.
1: Yes. JL, make sure you remind me to bring my audio gear. I have uh lapel mics for the four of us with individual recorders. So we can kind of, you know, if we get some like candid stuff, we can grab it while we're there
0: badass that's cool yeah yeah
1: i just thought awesome. about that hmm.
0: very neat hey alpha k91 good to see you and uh but yes um and oh yes elizabeth sylvester i will be streaming to discord again we're going to pick up where we left off we're going to pick up with uh with phantasm 3 because we have some people who have not seen the fifth one and we want to make sure we get through the whole franchise so we will get there um let me see here what are we doing
1: what are we doing the uh director's cut of nail gun
0: I will be showing the director's cut of Nail Gun as well because that one is available. Yeah. And uh, Eugene just messaged me with a link so we can uh, show that, and I will be showing that in Discord as well, so you can see the extended torture scene that did not make it into the final cut of Nail Gun. So that will also be in the Discord. So I hope to see you all for that one. I'll put out the announcements so everybody will see it. And of course, uh, but before we jump in, um, Text Friber Weekend. I've been through yep. the schedule. I've looked at all who's going to be there uh and we're all going to be there as a team so i'm coming down i'm coming back down to dallas for it but i'll be meeting you guys there what do you what what are your plans what's everybody is there something you're what you're waiting to see
1: uh well i mean for me like i said i'm pretty much going to leave work on friday and meet you at the convention center or the convention center the hotel that's right. yep we're getting a hotel room together
0: yeah, yeah. You're invited.
1: You've got a key. What the fuck?
0: <laughs> I mean, It's at the
2: Hyatt Regency. It's fancy. It is fancy.
0: We put the mate and teammate. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, Man, look, no. Going over everything though. Like everything's fucking booked. Like it's totally sold out. Everything is completely yep. like. Yep. Yeah, and that's why I have
0: friends who live nearby, and I am, I'm already crashing with them, and I'll be driving up to the convention. So.
2: So I'm I'm sure you're ready to see uh, Freddie Prince Jr. Right?
1: What? Not
0: particularly. <laughs> I mean, Freddie Prince is a, is a good dude, and all, but uh, uh, I I think my my heart is set on who uh, predominantly Malcolm McDowell, yeah, Tony Tony Todd, and Danny Trejo. How much How much, much, much do you, Trae- oh. yeah. you think it's going
1: to cost? How much do you think it's going to cost? people like sit down
0: and talk to those guys because you know, guys drink free. I just sold a house. I don't care. <laughs> it's,
2: like, it's like I got 100K on fucking bankroll. Don't worry about it.
0: I just sold the house. I don't give a
1: shit. <laughs> so I'll be uh, in your back pocket. I'll I'll be- the
0: operative word is I. I'll be your I, security guard. <laughs> I'm not bringing that much money to the deal, but I will be bringing enough to know. Like,
1: like, curious. I'm just, I'm curious what it would cost.
0: What I'm really excited about, and this is kind of cool, and you know, just be, having done this show and the way the show is taking off, and I, this is a bit of a humble brag, I'm looking forward. It's not just the fact that I sold the house, but Weekend Horror, Weekend Horror, has really kind of blown up beyond our expectations, and I am seriously looking forward to going to the TF, TFW or TF, uh, Texas Forever Weekend walking into the t-shirt cube and buying all the t-shirts i want and
2: making it motherfucking rain <laughs>
0: and that is what i've always wanted to do that just walk in there and be like shirt, shirt 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 and just grab all the fucking shirts i want that's what i want to be able to do i think that that is just going to be awesome i'll be walking you be know like, you I could I do that 50 fucking shirts
1: <laughs> you could do that for a quarter of the price on amazon
0: I but I want to make a show of it. I want, to, I, want I want the retail. Oh, it's experience. the flex. It's, it's the flex. flex. Yes.
1: Gotcha. Yes. Yeah. It it's the not flex. the actual T-shirt because whatever. I mean, it's walking well, I out with two to.
2: bags
0: in your hand from it's the T-shirt. Walk,
1: it's you. walking out like, "Ha, motherfuckers! You should have robbed <laughs> me on the way in because you can't rob me now." Because <laughs> I'm.
0: <laughs> I'm seriously looking for. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a blast. I'm looking. Those are the three actors I want. I mean, and and I want I want to be able to not just I want to be able to get their autographs, add them to my collection, everything. Because you know, I love Danny Trejo. Tony Todd is amazing. He's in the new Candy Man. It's about to come out here mm-hmm. this winter. Are they actually? I think it, it might have gotten played. It's already
1: out. Yes, Jinju. Yes, oh, Jinju. It's already out. Oh, yes, yes, Jinju. Yeah, right. already out, yeah. Okay. Jinju. The answer is yes.
0: What's the question? You don't need to know. Oh, would jail sell the firstborn <laughs> calf from a neighbor's farm? Yeah, that one and the second one. <laughs> no, honestly, two, two, though, like two, two different farmers claiming they're both the first. <laughs>
2: all right i got a guilty pleasure one though that i want to talk about what's up tony dylan Dylan, what dylan mcdermott's gonna be there
0: yeah there you go american horror story
2: i'm hoping that i can catch a glimpse at least
0: well you could like you know go to his table yeah right as long as you pay pay as long as you
1: pay him like it's i think it's like 45 i didn't just sell a house
2: i clearly don't even have enough money to buy a
1: fucking
0: office (laughs) (laughs) why would you need to buy an office should be one in your home
1: the whole Wait, what's I don't have enough money? Yeah, 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 Jay, you're focusing on the wrong part of the story.
0: He's so poor, he can't even set up an office in his own house. I don't
2: even have enough (laughs) rooms in my house to have
1: an office. This all looks nice and pretty, right? Okay, but let me show you what's where I'm really at. Hang on a second, let me show you guys where I'm really at. Oh, no, here we go. You ready for this? Oh, Johnny O's in a really cool, this really does. Bam! No, he's not.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not flipping my camera around, dude. It's not good
0: um for those uh alpha K ninety one says that uh, uh, says that they're behind in american horror story i can't tell you this it uh in the new uh there was the american horror stories which was a loose a loosely knit kind of anthology of just like small deals it's like two episodes long really really contained he shows back up in that because they revisit the murder house and so for anybody interested in that one i think that the, That's actually that pretty, was pretty cool yeah what that? actually what was that?
1: that matthew McConaughey? not matthew McConaughey, matthew perry movie he did
0: what was that Matthew McConaughey movie? <laughs> I don't know. I remember I it's remember the oh, bad, bad, bad. the last movie I remember seeing him in was um Olympus is fallen and yeah. he winds up getting smoked by Gerard Butler because Gerard Butler kills everything.
1: Everybody, including the president, which is like what he's not <laughs> supposed to do. I'm kidding. You're not,
0: you're not supposed to do that.
1: You're not <laughs> supposed to
2: give that away man.
1: Oh, All whoops. right.
0: Let me see who else we got popped in popping yeah. up well we um, three to
1: tango. That's what I was looking for.
0: Is there anybody you're looking forward to to seeing Johnny
1: uh all of them really
0: or oh, everybody you can
1: just gonna fucking be like the guys all i'm gonna be the collector like hey hey i don't know who you are will you sign this like dude i'm just a fucking guy taking tickets <laughs> i'm kidding
2: <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna fist bump cory taylor that's that's my like i want to do it for free though
1: Corey taylor
0: <laughs> no free fist bumps <laughs> no free no, space, no,
1: no. i got miles. to i actually got to mosh with sid uh, with sid wilson dude way, i did
2: some other things with sid back
0: wilson back a long time ago back in the day mm-hmm. Look at Sid Wilson just giving it away for free. You oh, give it no. away.
1: so we were at uh, we were at uh, uh, what was it uh, Freaker's Ball ninety nine and I didn't know they were playing. And my younger brother was a huge fan of Slipknot. He, he he's what introduced me to Slipknot. And we're there and whatever. And the fucked up thing it was, it was raining that day, and we were in the covered section, but our row was literally the last or the first row just outside of the covered section. So not only are we getting rained on, but we're also catching all the water coming off the fucking, you know, the starplex, <laughs> the awning from the starplex. So we're getting doubly fucking douched. And all of a sudden, you know, we're, uh, we're just, you know, watching. <laughs> oh no, I see a
2: t-shirt in the future, guys, getting double <laughs> douched, douched,
1: double douched. Double, double douched. <laughs> So we're doing our thing, and all of a sudden, you know, I feel somebody running into me, and I turn around and look ready to fucking throw down. And it was, it was this guy with his goofy fucking mask on the ground. I'm like, what the fuck's the matter with you? And I pick him up, and he's all, oh, no, 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 no don't I don't understand what you're saying. And, you know, my little brother's like, that's Sid Oh no. you, you just
2: fucking punched DJ Starscream
1: in the throat, man. <laughs> I did not. I didn't do it. <laughs> he ran into me and fell down. I picked him back up. He's a little guy. He's a little guy. I picked yes, him up in right. my pocket. He's a little guy. <laughs> That's
0: hilarious. Uh, oh, all right. So a bunch of cool... Uh, let me see. Uh, uh, Tony James, is in house. Good to see you, Tony. And says uh, his guest for the trivia is Bubba Hotep. Pretty good guess. Damn it. Pretty good guess.
1: I'm rewriting the trivia question. Fuck. Flipping <laughs> <on> the script. <laughs> um,
0: and I see NANA, one of our amazing patrons, has joined the chat. And... Yeah. I think that's it. I think I'm all caught up there. Well, prime, if we're prime
1: have- red, I'll take your autograph. You write on a piece of paper and you send it to me. Elizabeth, there's going to be a couple, there's going to come a time. I know you're not in the States area ish, but there's going to come a time where the weekend horror is going to be mobile, a lot more mobile. We might be doing a little bit of a, I don't know, like I said, we're going to be doing a press tour, <laughs> but, but there might be microphones <laughs> involved. There could be <laughs> microphones <laughs> involved. What I'm saying
0: nice. Uh, uh, Jinju, would the double douche t-shirt have Eileen Worms on it? Oh my god, that is such a good fucking
2: idea. That's a really good idea.
0: That's so dark. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. It's so dark. (laughs) Oh man, so... Uh, yeah, so yeah, it's gonna be awesome. I think it's gonna be a, a really an amazing experience. I'm ready to be exhausted again because running around because it, it's as much work as it is fun. Yeah, you know, you sitting in line, you know, talking with people, but then of course running around. I'll be, I, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna have stickers with our information to pass out to everybody so people can check it out, and I think that'll that'll be a blast. Hopefully, maybe next year because this year Nailgun will be screening. At Texas Primary Weekend. So there will be a screening of it and a QA, which I'm assuming all of us will be brought up uh to talk about that or you know to jump on the
1: maybe mic we'll be getting out autographs. Yeah.
0: Maybe we oh, will. Geez. Yeah, it's a possibility. So <laughs> we will uh we will discuss the movie and do that whole thing. And then of course, maybe next year, uh once we get the feature done and the feature plays, uh maybe we'll get a booth and we'll set up a booth at Texas Primary Weekend where all of us will, you know, all pretty much be there and be like, buy my shirts and buy the movie yep. and you know, and I'll sign autographs and shit. You never know. I, I, it, there is
1: going to be a, there is going to be a weekend horror feature film made next year. It will happen. It will happen.
0: Just about. It's, it's going to be show. called Doubly Douched.
1: No, 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 no. It's <laughs> going to be it, yeah. It's going to be called Doubly Douched. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. No, uh, there's going to be a weekend horror feature-length film that will be made next year.
0: That we produce. That we produce, yes. or that we, that we produce, or that it will be about us.
1: That we produce.
0: Oh, okay, cool.
1: You know what I'm talking about? What the fuck?
0: Well, well no, because I actually thought of a I thought of a horror film about you know four for about four horror fans who make a podcast and then oh, they're in the studio one night and they're recording in their live.
1: Stop then, giving away the goddamn plot.
0: <laughs> well, that was the one based on us.
1: JL, <laughs> this is not the plot you're giving away right now.
0: This is a live platform, right? <laughs> All right. I mean, I, I'm not. I won't give it away. I won't give it away. I've been very. That's the only reason I think, to be honest, the only the only reason Weekend Horror became successful was because I told virtually nobody about it. I didn't say anything online. I kept everything to like you know quick phone calls, and I didn't text <laughs> anything. I didn't put it out on the internet. I kept it. I went totally lo-fi and just contacted people, Hey, can I can I meet with you? It's like fucking deep throat shit. It's like not parking. even kidding,
2: dude. I was taking a shit one day, and an envelope slid underneath my door, <laughs> and I opened it. it. was like, Hey, you pooping? And <laughs> And that's how that's how we started this whole thing.
0: Yeah, I had to keep it lo-fi to keep the idea uh, (laughs) just you know off the internet because I'm not losing any more ideas. But you never know what the future may hold, so we will see. But I think um, I think TFW is going to be an absolute blast, and uh, it's going to be fun. So check
1: check the private chat.
0: Oh, check the private chat.
2: Hey,
1: Angie.
0: Oh, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I'm serious. We can just. I mean, we can discourse. We'll hash it out. Yeah, we'll hash (laughs) it. out (laughs) All right. So What's up, Angie. Um I, I realize now that I didn't change the names because at the last second, Eugene had the, you know, Eugene had the uh Eugene had a prior film. commitment. I was yeah. about to say Eugene had to pull out, and I realized everybody's gonna make <laughs> jokes about the fact that I said Eugene pulled out. So and I was trying to think of a different way to say fun. it and I couldn't. So I was kind of like, you know, G- Eugene's not here. Eugene got called to his shoot. He's out there actually working. Somebody requested
2: um, yeah. Eugene's presence because of his fucking brilliance, greatness. Much. Yeah.
1: So I mean, he, he is to, the he, sex symbol, after all. Like,
3: we will he give you money me. if
2: you grace he us got, with your presence. You <laughs> got, got, got a
0: last second job to go shoot something. So
2: what? Um,
0: so it's just us. So um instead of Eugene, I will pass it uh to Alex. Yeah.
2: I'm a stand-in and nowhere near as good as Eugene Eugene tonight.
0: You're not a stand. It was going to
2: be all four of us. <laughs> I'm the stand,
1: And What are you talking about? It was
2: supposed <laughs> to be all four of us. I was, was excited to have all of us on here, but it's cool.
1: It's cool. Just yeah. the four of us.
2: All right, so let's jump into it. Uh, let's do it. What do we right got first? Off the bat, right off the bat, this uh, remake um, came out September 5th, 2013, called All Cheerleaders Die. <laughs> this was this was great. Again, another... Uh, was it a uh, remake? Huh?
0: it was a short film, and then this was like it was, like, based on a, it
2: was a remake of the 2001 film. um It was also written and directed by Lucky, uh, M- Lucky McKee. Yes, yeah. Because uh, yeah, all
0: the first one was a short film, and this was yeah. just a feature length of that short It was, yeah, okay. exactly.
2: Like Yo yeah. no Gun, and then if you want to do like you know, feature, so
1: no gun, like what we're saying was they made the film and then shut came up. back out and then shut up, go ahead, Alex, remade the film. I
0: will punch you in the face. <laughs> <laughs>
2: anyways <laughs> yeah like we said lucky mckee and chris i'm gonna rip
1: your head off and piss in your damn skull <laughs> you, guys, you, guys good?
2: you guys need a second no, no no, we're good No, close the door for you
0: <laughs> it ain't that kind of show onlyfans.com slash week horror it is
1: now jl i got my camera turned off Hmm? Yeah, but uh, you're all uh, Alex, <laughs> save me. <laughs> you say that. That's what we're going to be saying this weekend. Brown chicken, oh, brown man. cow. Seriously. All right, go ahead, Alex. Sorry. Anyways,
2: uh, this one is starring Caitlin, <laughs> Caitlin Stacy, Brown chicken, brown cow. Caitlin Stacy. See, <laughs> C- I can never do this one. CNOA Smith McPhee, Brooke Butler, Amanda Grace, uh, Renan, Joannick. Tom Williamson uh, and Felicia Cooper. Um, this one is a strange movie to watch. It was a good horror comedy. It was um, kind of a high school story getting towards the end of the year. Cheerleader seeks revenge after those who did her wrong um, and ends up coming across a way to take people out supernaturally, magically. And, uh, Somebody gets their blood drank, and magic stones get cut out and devoured, and (laughs) it gets weird. It's It's a little
0: weird. (laughs) I think it could have been like cheerleader seeks revenge, you know, using magic and other means. But yeah, I mean,
2: but is it magic or is it supernatural? I I guess it's magic. Yeah,
0: it's 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 definitely magic because the, the 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 lead girl, the the lead protagonist,
2: Matt Maddie.
0: Maddie. Maddie is. Uh, she's uh, in a relationship with a girl who is a pagan, and, yes. or technically a witch. She she she, she practices witchcraft. My mother witchcraft. was a witch. And, she and cuts the stones. When a tra- when a when the when the tragic event is that Maddie is sexually assaulted by a member of the football team. When that takes place, she decides to seek her revenge by destroying them, and she does this, but she basically by enacting this giant plan. To seduce the boy for the 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 guy's girlfriend, and so she seduces her, and then kind of turns her against him, and you know, basically trying to blow up his life and all kinds of crazy Jail,
2: shit. You should write. Uh, you should write wiki pages. You're a like lot
0: <laughs> um, it, I mean, I, I personally I, I dug this one, and because uh, on its surface it's a it's a fun revenge flick, and it's got supernatural stuff in it. The girls wind up, you know, all the girls wind up getting killed, and then of course reanimated by the the magic of the. Uh, of the uh, of the witchcraft, the girl of the witchcraft. Infinity
1: Stones. Yeah, we got of, it.
0: yeah with, with her with her magical <laughs> with stone, stones. Stone. But the interesting <laughs> thing was that the film was very much a this film was intent, well, really was a, a hard look or attempted to do a really hard look at the tropes of women yeah. in horror, which is a major major thing that I think, given what we know, deserves some serious discussion.
1: Yeah, I think that um, I mean the the whole idea of women in horror specifically has always been. I don't want to diminish at the very at the very least, right? Because generally speaking, in horror film, women are in there for two things: to get naked and get killed. I mean, uh, even your even your Final Girls only seem to become final girls by happenstance like accidentally they're oh i just kind of happened to be the you know what i mean like are you I, saying I, that
2: they're not like they never really put women in there to to actually be the, the right final girl?
1: exactly i don't think they do i mean i think they they do but the way it gets do portrayed... you think that comes
2: like do you think that comes while in writing or do you think a lot of that comes like while they're filming the movie and they're like well maybe we should push it this way you know how many times has it been actually written into it as opposed to oh, maybe we could flip the script and it would be different than every other movie because it's different now
1: that's a good question because i was actually thinking about the the earliest like strong female character that i can remember uh, and that would have been ripley in alien but if i remember correctly ripley was a was originally supposed to be a man and they they sp- the script and recast or they cast sigourney weaver for some reason other than you know she's a badass actress but you know she wasn't that character wasn't supposed to originally be a woman so that's the reason why they're that her line delivery and her line delivery but her lines are kind of more masculine um but yeah i mean and even then if you take a look at that of course we got to get her down to a bra and panties and half naked because you know she's a woman in horror film so that whole idea of a woman's place in horror film needs to be challenged and i kind of like what they're doing in this i kind of like what has been done uh, what was the other one there's another one um like the slasher one with all the all the kids all the trick all the uh the final girl you know what i mean the, oh, that's the,
0: the, 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 the final girls the final girls yeah the yeah the so they all girls, get
1: pulled yeah. in right so it's mm-hmm. this is like another uh retelling of that type of trope and so any any talks about jamie lee curtis i think jamie lee curtis was an accident i think accidentally found one that you know i guess again if you look just by simple happenstance that so she happened to beat michael myers it wasn't like she was a super calculated awesome bad
0: she wasn't sydney prescott
1: right exactly yeah exactly she would just oh i Almost got stabbed, but I didn't. No, I kind of got stabbed a little bit. It was just, you know, it was, an, it was she accidentally beat the bad guy. She later became a badass, but it, she wasn't written into the script as a badass. It was just an accident.
0: So, in, in essence, that's what got me about this one, is because especially uh, director Lucky McKee and the breadth of his work is a, it really, really examines uh, women in horror. So, if you look back at his film, May, and that is about an, an ostracized outcast girl um, played by and played wonderfully by Angela Bettis, who attempts to kind of to retake control of her life and ends up because it, it, it's a horror film, ends up invariably trying to make a boyfriend for herself out of the parts of guys that she likes. Like she's like, like you have great eyes. You have a great mouth. You have, you know, the, the, these are the, the in, in taking those aspects. About you her, sure do
1: got a pretty mouth. Yeah, and then trying to
0: make, <laughs> her, trying to make her own boyfriend out of these yeah. pieces. Um, but you look at a, a film like May. You look at his, uh, his film is brutal. Film the woman, and we begin to see that uh, director Lucky McKee really does want to push those. He wants to. Examine those tropes. He wants to turn them on their heads. He wants to do de- definitely a cabin in the woods style, where he kind of flips the script on the genre. Mm-hmm. He wants to flip the script on on female horror tropes. The um, the difficulty is is that we have to use them invariably to do this, and that's kind of where I wanted to go. Just examining because so you pretty much you have the final girl who is not utilized off because I mean, usually you have a final girl or you have like a team of people that end up being the bad guy, but more often than not women are victims in horror films. They're objectified. They're sex, their, sex exploitation. These are the roles that women have served. And it is, I mean, how many real, I mean, final girls, how many, I mean, it's a trope, but how many can we fit on one hand? How many, how many we put that we can legitimately say that they're a final girl?
1: I mean, uh, Jimmy Lee Curtis,
0: you got jamie lee curtis you've got you've got you have got, you got laurie, strode, laurie strode you've got sydney prescott, prescott you've got nancy
1: um i mean you nancy I, from from night
0: from, from night I,
1: I, yeah she's only in two films well okay she's technically in three films but she only she's only nancy in two films and she gets you know she gets whacked in the third or the second of those of that uh that storytelling um
0: And then comes back for new nightmare. And well, the the meta horror. But
1: yeah. yeah, exactly right. So I don't. I mean, yes, where she is a final girl. She's. I wouldn't say she's a final girl in the same vein as Sydney Prescott or as as a Laurie Strode because Laurie Strode, going back to, you know, if we go back to the the actual timeline now that we've erased two through <laughs> two through six yeah. <laughs> Our two through h2o you know she's still alive and still kicking ass i don't think she's going to finish that way i'm pretty sure that um and again i don't know for sure so this is not a spoiler this is a prediction so all you people out there were just spoilers shove them up your butt uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh so tony regimes says allison and tucker and dale versus evil and i don't actually count her as a final girl because she had uh tucker's help right Talking about that was the team effort, and yep. uh, so final girls are final girls are alone and uh, they typically have to face the evil by themselves. Uh, um, think, um, who is it? Uh, what about D Wallace? D Wallace is a final girl,
1: yeah. I would say that Ripley is a is a Ripley final girl. is
0: definitely a final girl taking yeah. on the alien by herself,
1: yeah. Kirsty Cotton, yes. uh, she, yes, and no, yes, and she's a final girl, as in she, uh, she's still a lot well known now. She, I guess technically, canic- canically speaking, she's not alive anymore. She is now not a new Hell Priestess. But uh, she did manage to make it through seven films?
2: Six was or it seven? Also, was it-
1: she was in the first first three. The third one was was Archival Footage. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then uh, she's referenced in... Well, no, she actually makes an appearance in Hellseeker, And uh, I think there wasn't there another one... Um, was it debtor or I can't remember. I know there's another one that these was either referenced or they show archival footage over again, yeah, as
2: much as we fucking talk about the Hellraiser movies, we should have those like memorized by, yeah. but well, I mean, come on.
1: Well, I mean,
0: so, so this is being the point the, the the, those girls that we would consider to be final girls, I, I would, I actually would include Amy up in there as well from Friday the 13th. Um, Amy Steele from part two and, uh, the, Oh, for life, me. i i totally spaced her name. The girl from the first one. Although it's difficult, probably I'm forgetting, is because she dies like right off in the second film. So yeah, she within the first, the first one five only, minutes, only to get smoked is the intro to the to the second film. But um, there
1: are some people that argued that's part of the trope of being a final girl
0: you don't get to make making, it to the sequel yeah
1: you don't either you don't make it through the sequel or you don't even make it to the sequel so,
0: so but we can count these on both hands right like the uh, girls that we have yeah literally, yeah, yeah right. exactly so more more often than not women are victimized yeah. they are exploited sex exploited or just plain exploited the plight of women you look at films like martyr um irreversible a number i mean there's uh martyr's irreversible the woman um i can't think uh i mean even i mean even in your rote horror film it's about girls getting what they want or like you know and then girls getting victimized for being who they are or the actions that they partake if they do drugs or they have sex or they drink or they do something that little girls not you know little girls not supposed to in that puritanical mentality right. of it, and that and horror made it you know, so glad like you the, brought that it up it's like the foundation of horror films right there we yeah, had that yeah. whole concept that women have this role guys have this role mm-hmm. and that they should not you know these are these are well defined you know the kind of puritanical nature of america in that respect in the foundation of what we were built on and then that's where the final goal comes from because she doesn't partake in any of these things because of her virtue she's able to overcome the evil because good always overcomes evil in that respect and that's the point is that we're at a point, and that that's why it's so huge right now is because in this particular one with all cheerleaders dying the girls are victimized, brutally, I might add. Mm-hmm. And they are, they're, <laughs> yeah. obje- they're objectified. Well, f- first off, they're objectified because they're cheerleaders. They're basically manipulated and brutalized by their significant others who either want them solely for sex or want them because they look good on their arms. And then the minute opportunity arises, they're cast aside with you know without a thought to, to their feelings. And the second they rise up to, to retake their power, they're they're essentially murdered. They're killed in the killed in the car wreck when they mm. when they when they when the boy when the uh, when the football players force them off the road and they crash the car and they all die. Then the witch comes in, resurrects them all, and then they turn into the I guess succubus thing. I'm uh, not Yeah, I, was say, I, think sure. they, I
1: think it was a succubus.
0: <laughs> but these reanimated, and then they come back and they start retaking their power, much to every way. And then they start, you know, basically taking revenge and all the the players that resulted in their deaths. And but still, while doing this, acknowledging that they're hot chicks, acknowledging that the majority of people who like this like watching girl on girl action because there's a lot of sapphic action in this one. So yep. that's still a trope. They're still being objectified. They're still being victimized because despite the fact that they're back, despite the fact they've retaken their power, guys are still trying to victimize them. Most, most importantly, Trey, I think it was Trey, who was the, uh, the lead football guy who ends up then killing the girls to take their stones out so he could take the power for himself because that's what that's what girls do they're only useful when they can bring something when they have something that guys can take from them and so that's where i think this film kind of veers a little bit because (laughs) it was trying to flip the script but invariably use the tropes that it needs use the tropes it's trying to subvert in order to subvert those tropes
1: i don't know i think maybe it was using those tropes to highlight not necessarily subvert, but highlight the fact that they're, they're like the contradictions that you're talking about, because it makes it's you think like about it's, it.
0: It's more meta than I was. Right. It's more like, around, hey,
1: okay. look, look, we're we're guilty of what we are critiquing, and we're doing it on purpose. Okay. See, you that makes sense,
2: especially it. at the time that this came out in 2013. That was kind of when things started to take a turn towards, because growing up, we're at an age where growing up, it was like you're saying women were thought of as soft-spoken and virtuous and they had to be these good little girls Um, and they were you know weaker than a man and a man had the power and he was the one that was to protect and survive Mm -hmm. and kind of around that time 2013 that's when women really started stepping up and uh see that sounds bad I'm not I'm trying to be like not misogynistic here at all women started really stepping up in society though and being like look we're just as good you know Look at it. They were were getting recognized. They were getting recognized with society. It's not that they, you know, exactly. Society started to show equality, even though it was there, you know, previously because it was fought for um, very hard. And um, I've never had like an outlook like that, you know, you bring what you bring to the table, whether you're man or woman, whatever. But this is kind of when we started to see it get a little stronger. Now, my question is, is with this movie, because like you're saying, it's a little more meta than you think, JL, with this movie, do you think that they could have oversaturated um, the horror genre by flipping that script around? Could that have gone out of control and people been focused way too hard on trying to show, oh, women can you know survive in a horror movie as well as men could? Um, it, this movie, I felt, did like a really good – it was really good right in the middle of balance in that. Um, it didn't go too far one way, and it didn't, it didn't not show what it was trying to show. It didn't overstep anything. They put the, there was the rape scene in there. So there was the vulnerable woman still, but also she came back and was like, look, yeah, you fuck with me. I'll fucking kill you. Um, and it's just, there's, there's a lot that goes on in this particular trope. Um, and they I feel like they did a really good job bringing that all together and kind of not making it awkward in a way that would have made it a bad movie um, while still keeping like the, the hero, the female hero at the end of it.
0: It may have been I, th- I felt it was a little it was a little more self it was it was a little self aware, like the, the film is is yeah. very aware like so I didn't get the same sense from like Cabin in the Woods where right. Cabin in the Woods well, was yeah you because know, that that one I don't think was with I mean well, that was, it was just in your face that was, that was in your face yeah, yeah. but the, within in the film heart, heart. the film itself the film itself is not self aware of what it's doing it's right. simply operating within the parameters of the writers this one I felt was a little too self aware and unlike uh, McKee's earlier unlike McKee's other film The Woman. Which is definitely not a self-aware film, but was definitely doing what this film tried to do, but was way more brutal and hardcore. It's, it's. I think, uh, I think the woman is one of two films that I've showed on Discord, that's shown in the Discord theater that I actually had to put a warning beforehand because that one is really extreme.
1: That's the other one brutal. was that. The other one was that fucking tentacle vagina. Oh, thing. It was uh God, it was damn. a um,
0: <laughs> castle freak. Castle freak remake. <laughs> I am thinking Thought about showing you know. Martyrs, uh, the original Martyrs, not the American remake. I'm thinking about showing Martyrs, but that one will have to have uh, uh, a warning as well. Now, warning: if
1: you don't like tentacle vaginas, don't watch this. <laughs> don't <film>. watch <laughs> movie. Here's,
3: here's
2: kind of what I was trying to say because I was trying to put my thoughts together here. It could because of what we're talking about? Um, do you think do you think they could continue with this type of movie um, without it being without it being extremely self-aware like self-aware like you're saying in a way like
0: well, i'd be so self- focused that, yeah in, the, in this day and on... age in this day and age could this can we still make this kind of film or has it gotten to the point where explore where female exploitation where sex exploitation where victimization objectification that that literally part you know these are this is like the aggregate of the horror genre
1: we gotta stop okay? we gotta stop acting like this isn't like this is specifically to the horror genre it's
0: oh yeah, it's ubiquitous. I think ubiquitous right? across, across across entertainment across all genres. Yes, across entertainment. I mean, Women period. are viewed in one light; men are viewed in another light.
1: Take a look and at it then- this way: When's the last time you saw Angela Bassett in a romantic role? You now, when's the last time you saw like Denzel Washington in a romantic role? If Sean Connery were alive yeah, today, right? he could yeah. he could pull off the romantic role, but it would be with a fucking thirty year old. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Uh, it's There's just, just kind a of the why way. is why
0: is, that is it that every so girl long. that why is it that every girl that Adam Sandler gets is fucking hot as shit?
1: Because his Adam Sandler's movies <laughs> he can do what the fuck he wants. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> true. Adam, and his wife like, his wife isn't his wife isn't a hideous I think person. the only
0: one I could possibly accept that he could possibly get would be Kate Beckinsale. I actually was able to accept that relationship. I'd be like, I can see this
1: <laughs> for Zooka I think i was like, yeah, she kind uh, for, of for uh,
0: for uh, no, well, for crazy, <laughs> kind of, yes. Yeah, I mean,
1: you kind of got that uh, swamp thing. It's perfectly cast. I mean, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, the whole like biting the head off the alligator. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <I don't> <laughs> So, but that's that was a question that that I that, I, that kind of came to me. It's like I'm looking at this. I'm I'm looking at the way our society is going, because horror films reflect our society better than or more so than any other genre out there they are the, the they're literally our catharsis for the shit that we deal with on a daily basis mm-hmm. now given the climate and how the climate is shifting and how things like exploitation sex exploitation victimization objectification all these ways that women are used in horror films including the final girl but remember there are traits of the final girl that many women would would find defeminizing they're chaste, they're pure, they don't cuss, they don't drink, they don't do the even Sydney Prescott for all of her badassness didn't do these things. Mm. In fact, there's a, there's when when she and the in the minute she does when she engages with in sex with Billy, that's when it turns out, you know, that they that they attempt to kill her because they're trying to do the trope thing. And then uh even Ellen Ripley, you know, doesn't get laid until the third film. <laughs>
2: Takes three dates, man. It takes
0: three movies. Three, three, three movies across like 80 years for this girl to finally I thought it was get
1: a little some. longer. years. almost hundred, it was like 110 years. like hundred years for her to yeah.
0: finally get something. And, and hey, Charles Dance. Yeah. Good port in a storm. Nice. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: so
0: but with this change. Oh, excellent. Good. Tony Regime says Adrian Barbeau.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: So the question being, we've gotten to this point with the new climate in our society do we do we see this lasting
1: yes as long as we still have a propensity for misogyny yeah it's gonna be it's it's just gonna continue to be a trope um because everybody likes to act like the whole harvey Weinstein. oh that's a one-off doubt it
0: no it it, yeah i think we can all say yeah we're all we're we've all worked in the industry we Yeah, it's 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 certainly not. Yeah, this is it's not called a casting couch, yeah, right.
1: right. We, you know what I mean? I'm sorry, it's just I <sighs> the fact
2: that we talk about it means it's happened more than once, which means it's gonna happen again. It's just yeah. it's human nature.
0: So and it's not the, it's not the fact that it's a part of the horror genre, it's not the fact that Hollywood is too big and you just can't change Hollywood because you can change Hollywood. Hollywood has Very changed quickly. course on things, exactly, yeah. you know, and they're deeply affected by what society does. This is why I'm curious about this, but Johnny brings up an excellent point. As long as misogyny is such a thing, it's such a pervasive thing, especially in the upper, in the, you know, the, the, I guess the, the higher halls of business. The upper <laughs> echelons. The upper echelons of business and decision-making that we may not see this go away.
2: And it never will. That's unfortunate about human nature is there's something programmed in, you know, lower intelligent people that just, it, it's, it's primal. Well,
1: you know, no, it's not that's not even primal. I mean, there's there's one thing, right? So the whole idea about
2: not like, you're right, not primal. That was the wrong word. I apologize.
1: No, no, no. I understand what you're trying to say, but you know, so yes, there is that like basis need for like you know, procreation or whatnot. So there's some of that stuff that's that analyst animalistic instincts are kind of ingrained into humans. But drive down the street, go to the grocery store, look at advertisement. What do you see? What's the number boobs. what's the, boobs?
0: Sex 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 sells, cells, right? Yeah.
1: And look, there's a reason why pre pubescent teens, male teens love horror films.
2: Prana 3D.
1: <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah, Piranha 3, double D, I think yeah, that's yeah, what's yeah, was. See right. not see now we're talking about it's like it's so
2: normal in the in the industry that it's just yeah. that's what we're laughing about right now.
1: am um, yeah, I mean, again, look, these these movies, these filmmakers knew what they were doing. It's like hey, it's what yeah, well, Of right. course
0: that's the story and of course the story will sell because this mentality yeah. still exists. Yep. I'm just kind of I am just wondering is like you, we've uh, you know Hollywood has changed course on things before and you know have quietly kind of pushed to just solely DVD releases or digital releases without yeah. much fanfare subject matter that they really wouldn't like the you was know, like, we well, are you know, not going to make this a big thing?" You know, this you know movies get made but it's not something we're going to push. And eventually yeah. the interest will fall the interest will fall out of it.
1: I don't know. I think that it's still, because it'll go away for a little bit, but it comes right back.
0: But you know, it's they, not like, here's, thing. here's well, my thing. thing about it. Yeah, like Jai Courtney. Oh, God. <laughs>
3: but they, they made a
2: thing, right? so made a thing <laughs> about... <what> <laughs> It's not like people don't want to see it, though. That's the thing. There is definitely a group of people that is like, that is disgusting and it's demeaning towards women. But there's definitely, I've watched. Sign you know, me up I've- for
1: it. Yeah, right.
2: I've watched yeah. women that are like, yeah, no, I'm absolutely, this is great. Look at that. Oh, that's kind of hot. You know, I'm like in the middle of a movie and it's like, okay, how do we feel about it? And then we have stuff like the OnlyFans, you know, it's not like, it's not like people completely don't want to watch this kind of stuff or don't want to be a part of it. Agreed. They have a yeah. very huge and given that uh, OnlyFans creator re- base.
0: And given that OnlyFans reverse course. Right, I mean, Because exactly. of the outcry, right. The,
2: the, creator, the creator base to something like OnlyFans, where these women are out here, and not just women, but mostly women are out here flaunting their bodies for money. And they know what they're doing, and they're okay with it. And, you know, that leaves it open to like, okay, well, is it really that misogynistic, or is it like, is it really that expletive if you know, they have the option to not do it or have the option to well, not be a part of it and still participate.
1: So there's something to be said about like a Stockholm Syndrome type thing, right? Like you start okay. feeling bad for uh, I wouldn't necessarily, well, I guess Stockholm Syndrome might be the wrong thing. But when you know, you, you're put into a system, the system quote is the way it is. It is the way it is. There's no changing it. So instead of fighting it, you might as well just make, you know, exploit it, exactly. right? So
2: you're saying and They don't like it at all. They don't like the attention.
1: I'm I'm not saying that.
2: I'm just, I'm just kidding.
1: I'm not That's saying that. Head. What I am saying is that you do have a nice rack down there. Whoever's, in, whoever is in that spot right there, has got the Elvira boobs. Case in point, Sir Little
0: Wolf. Good to see you. Thank you for joining the for joining the chat. It brings up a good point. Now I want to watch the Entity because that one was a rough. That that one was a difficult watch.
1: Barbara Hershey. Is it Hershey or just Hershey? Barbara, Barbara Hershey,
2: Barbara Hershey,
1: her and
0: the uh these the, the sexual assaulting spirit in that one. That one was a difficult yeah. one. That
2: was but yeah. We, that was you know, a rapey ghost.
0: Yeah, it was yeah. That was rough.
1: I wanna, I wanna bring this to so i so I'm glad you said the rapey ghost because the same thing happened to <laughs> Me too. it's oh, kind of a weird oh, oh, week oh, we
0: in horror. I was gonna say
1: that's that's a Don't sentence like that you. exists in my life. I'm glad that you brought oh, up you rapey bro- ghost <laughs> shall we address it? We need to address just, the rapey,
0: the rapiest of ghosts. The rapiest of ghosts.
1: Um yes Jinju I do. Um no but so take speaking of the rapey Ghost, then the same thing happened to uh, Ray and Ghostbusters.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, I'm serious. Yes. No, but yes, see, that's but no. the point. That's the point. No, no, we're ahead, we're, yeah. we're okay with that one. We're we're yes, cool.
0: because 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 in, in the in the eyes of the in eyes of movies, guys can't be taken advantage of. Right. To, and, I'm and sure. Just say, so you know, if you're out, having is an out,
2: issue with that at home, call call helpline, call a friend. This and,
0: <laughs> this is and this is the this is the, the, the screwed up mentality of it. This is why it's so wild. In the movie Super, but you know James Gunn's film Super, James well, Gunn, directed Slender, and the Radio of the Galaxy, and everything. There's a scene when and it's so weird to say this now, given current events, but Elliot Page, <laughs> who transitioned from. Um,
2: Ellen, uh, Page. Ellen Page. Ellen
0: Page, Elliot Page, who transitioned from Ellen Page, played Rain Wilson's sidekick in that. Um, b- uh, what was it? Bolty? <laughs> <laughs> and there's a scene when Bolty rapes um, Rain Wilson's uh, character, uh, the, the Crimson Bolt. Uh, so there's a scene when the sidekick rapes the the hero. And it's very weird to watch. Because you see what's happening, you know what's going down. She does this, she attacks him, she assaults him, and because he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to hurt her, because he knows what. Because at this point, he kind of knows what he's capable of, and he's trying not to hurt her, but then invariably ends up getting sexually assaulted for his trouble. And even this how, how, how you know, weird the wiring is in my head. I didn't. I, at first glance, when I first watched this movie, I was like, "Oh, that's crazy." I was like, "That's just a wild, crazy scene." I didn't see it as a rape.
2: Really? See, I was the complete opposite. Click at
0: first, it did not click at first.
2: I was a complete. I've always been a, you know, I've always felt the way that the opposite that you're talking about. that's immediately sexual assault is sexual assault. Whether exactly. It's a man or woman. Yes. And,
0: and that's I, like I, and and that's that scene they,
2: made me so uncomfortable because it's like, what do you do? Do you throw the girl across? That you know that you can hurt this woman. She's like, like a third know, his size. Right. And like, do you do you? do that, you know, or do you just live with the fucking consequence of not doing anything? And that's like the hard part. You know, I'm not you know, women have it hard in society, men have problems too sometimes. And I think finding the middle balance to that is where we're going to kind of click as a society, but
0: Yeah, um, and I think that the and I think this harkens back to what Johnny was saying because John Johnny brought that up once we have this we have this mentality mm-hmm. that we have to get around. And I didn't and you know, and looking at that, when I back when I watched Super the first time, I didn't realize that I mean this was years before I you know thought you know I was I was along in my career. It didn't even occur to me. I wasn't I wasn't even you know entertaining you know thoughts to this level where I'm really trying to analyze my position the things that I think and why I think them. And so I'm looking back at this moment like holy shit, it really didn't register the gravity of that of that moment. And, and you I'm have to, that, that gun banked on that.
1: You gotta think about this as well. It's not just some, it's not just a phenomenon that happens in the film think about this i went to a high school where one of the that we had a substitute come in and statutorily raped a one of the 16 year old girl right big big deal big deal right there's a huge fuss about it whatever uh the very next year well, sure. Rightfully so, right? <laughs> rightfully so, right? Uh, because he was in a position of authority, position of power, abused it. Took, you know, I mean, she was underage, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but fast forward I think like a year and a half and the opposite happened. Where it was a teacher, it was a female teacher who had sex with uh, I think he was 17, 16 or 17. Same sort of deal, right? Definitely different state everybody high-fived him and
2: moved on with their life
1: it was a thing right uh you, you you see like these and you see it with that whole machoism thing right whenever that uh that floor i think it was a florida teacher it happened where she was banging like 13 year olds it was fucking disgusting but she was a very attractive woman and you have people like in all these comment sections of these news articles talking about what are you complaining about i wish i had a teacher like that wanting to have sex with me when i was growing up where are those teachers when i was growing up stuff like that it's it, it's societal from a societal standpoint men or boys being you know sexually preyed upon by women yeah whatever oh that's mrs robinson oh ha-ha, lucky you that's not cool you know what i mean so we have there's that mentality that needs it's it's not just in film it's in life it's crazy we need to break away from that we need to let them so- know hey
0: so we're pretty much saying that despite, you know, efforts like the Me Too movement and, uh, you know, the awareness that, that suddenly you know, like the the, the eye opening events that have taken place in this country in the past two years mm-hmm. where things have really, really blown up and hopefully will lead to in the end will lead to somewhere very constructive and where we can build from that. But until those old until the very reason why like the Me Too movement you know, right. came about, the very foundation for why these things are here. Uh, you know, as Sir Little Wolf says, art will continue to imitate life. Yes. And we're going to have the, we're going to have these tropes within the industry, within filmmaking, you know, from now on. I mean, from this point on I, mean, I, I, mean, even, yeah. I even I am uh am, 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 am kind of a slave to this in this respect because nail gun opens with the victimization of a woman.
2: Mm-hmm. Oops.
0: And that's why <laughs> and it was that big thing because. And I, I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here wondering about it as I was writing up the script for this one nail gun, the very film that I wanted to remake. That I was so desperately excited to remake. And then I look at film like I look at a film like All Children Just Die. I look at films like Martyrs and The Woman. And I was thinking that was the only way I knew how to tell that story. Or going back all the way back to like Last House on the Left, Straw Dogs, you know, films. Uh, you know, uh, I Spit on Your Grave. Movies like this is. The, I mean, that was the only way I could tell the story. So what do you think literally literally had you fridge someone to kick (laughs) off the entire plot?
2: True. So let me ask you this. You just said art imitates life. And that brought up a question in my head in our society. Now, the way that things work, I'm starting to see more of a life imitate art kind of situation. Things have gone all digital social media influencer influencer being the key word there, um, people on the internet influencing large groups of people to act a certain way, and they do. And these people that have millions of followers online can do or say something, take Elon Musk and Dogecoin, for example. He tweets something like, hey, this is a good idea. And then everybody goes out and buys this Dogecoin. And that influences, like wealth flows. Money moved the day that he tweeted. So these influencers have a hold over the populace and they can change things very, very quickly. So art used to imitate life. And that's how you got your ideas was like, like you're saying, horror movies, like they'll take our everyday horrors and make them, you know, put them up onto a screen so we can watch them and be afraid of them. Could there be movements in the horror community or even in the entertainment industry now that could shift I think they could use it for stuff like pulling these ideas out of people's heads and kind of moving it towards a better, cleaner way of thinking as a society. What what I'm trying to say is there's so much influence in the entertainment industry now. I feel that life could start imitating art um, on a grander scale. And, you know, do you think that's safe? Do you think we've got the right people in charge of entertainment industries right now to, you know, be able to be like, okay, look at this influencer, make them tell everybody to act this way. That that kind of stuff scares me. I've got children that you know watch YouTube, and they'll start going out and trading all their fidget spinners and poppets or whatever they call them now with these kids at school because that's what the people on YouTube are doing. So it's like these influencers on the internet are the ones that are controlling what the, the next generation is going to be like, and that's terrifying. And I hope that the right people get put into place for that kind of stuff. Especially with movements like Me Too, where it's like they can move entire generations.
0: It's. I mean, I'm. I'm really interested. I mean, I'm interested in where it's going to go. I'd like. I'm because while the horror, the the horror genre has not seen a lot of shifts, but we have seen certain story. I I would guess certain stories, certain types of films, kind of fall to the wayside. You've always got your kind of underground horror. You got your stuff that's mainstream. You got your art house horror, something we'll be looking at a little bit later on. And you're all, all your different little sub genres. But there's typically been a flow as to, you know, with the mainstream, there is things that publicly we, like a film like Martyrs, as brilliant as Martyrs was, is not go- ever going to be mainstream. And that movie is fucking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But it will never be mainstream because a movie like Hereditary will be mainstream, movies like that. Whereas Martyrs is going to kind of fly under the radar because society, as you have know, the public, you know, the horror genre itself, you know the vast majority of mainstream. They don't want to see that shit. They don't want to go to those depths.
1: Yeah, I mean, twenty years ago,
0: 30 years ago, thumbs up. Hell, mm. fucking yeah.
1: I was gonna say we started thinking about the reason why people go to films is to kind of get away and break away from society. So that's the you know like why your romantic comedies or sometimes your action films or stuff like that gonna be a little bit more popular, a little more successful than your. Uh, you know your your everyday average horror film because people want that break from reality. They don't want to be constantly reminded how shitty the world is. Yeah. All right. <laughs> what
2: are you talking about? Everything's going just fucking fine. Peachy. <laughs> Jesus. Ooh. All right, man, we got into that one, huh?
1: We did.
0: Big done. <laughs> <laughs> something um, something in- I wanted to talk about for a bit, but yeah. Go ahead, you go. go ahead and hit him, hit him
2: with the CTA. Yeah, I was going to say the CTA, and you had it up here for Eugene, so I didn't look too much into it. And all you've got done is feminist or oh. exploitative. And yes, that is what we discussed.
0: I just even um, remember you being there at the breakdown as well. Wow.
3: So, yeah. wow. I got to
0: go. <laughs> the, I'll the be the man. The point was, and I wanted, to ask you, I wanted to ask the audience, do you see that, that the future of horror, Will I mean? Will we see a more feminist slant to it, or will will we continue to see exploitative for of horror of all the different types, either objectification or victimization or whatever? Exploitative horror will it continue to have a place in the future of the horror genre, or in the wake of things like Me Too and the way society is is changing and hopefully changing for the better? Will we see a more decided, more feminist slant, more final girls, more? a a stronger variation of final girls will we see these things or i is it pretty much just a kind of like a a bump just one of those little changes and eventually we'll go back to what everybody loves to see and that's the exploitative horror and i wanted to get the audience's opinion on that
1: i yeah i'm pretty sure that we're gonna see it's gonna be exploitative horror is not going anywhere People, ah. Too many people enjoy it. It
0: fits. It fits. Mr. In Andrew, and, yeah, Mr. Anderson. It's terrifying. Has extremes of both. That as yeah. one gets stronger, the other one will rise to match. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's going to be an
1: equal and opposite reaction type thing.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, Tony,
0: Tony Regime's right. If there's an audience, studios Steve, will grab that cash. Yep. Yep. What was mm-hmm. I going to say?
2: Uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. That's what I thought of when he said extremes of both. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: How do we follow that movie up? Well, that should have been like the last one we talked about. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Chronologically, it had to be first.
0: Chronologically, it was first. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
2: well, well, we chrono- can try, Johnny. What do we got
0: next? I mean... This is an interesting one. I, and I, I actually, because this is kind of a... Speaking
1: of uh, female-centric, uh, <laughs> exploitative... Time. Well, I don't know about exploitative, but... We have The Moth Diaries, which is a 2011 Gothic horror film written and directed by Mary Heron. Uh, it's based on the novel by the same name by Richard Klein, starring Lily Cole, Sarah Gaydon, Sarah Bolger. Too many damn Sarahs. I
3: Sarah, can change Sarah, her name. Sarah,
1: Sarah, Sarah. Sarah. I'm Judy Parfit and Scott Speedman. So Rebecca, who's a teenage girl, suspects that Ernessa, a new student at an all-girl boarding school, is a vampire. Um, so yeah, it's very interesting. So we have a new, new student come in and she's like a loner and whatnot and it's the scenery in this film is really nice. I like the use of the gothic style scenery, which I think is amazing. I've always liked that element, um, where the the uh, the the set is a, like a character in the in the story itself. One of the things I liked about Event Horizon, another gothic film. Stop it! Got a puppy dog won't leave me alone. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is an interesting film interesting film because it kind of gets into a little more psychological horror all the while being a gothic film in the same vein uh, that deals with vampires
0: yeah i don't think it gets much much more gothic than that wrist that that wrist slitting scene yeah which you like that <laughs> it, it, like there in the cathedral it was like
1: all we shit. needed all we needed was <laughs> and jesus wept <laughs> Pretty much, <laughs> it's an
0: intriguing one, and I found it most interesting that Mary heron the, uh, the director of this, also directed American Psycho.
2: Yeah, when we were oh, talking yeah. about that, I was like, wait yeah. a second, it, that, it, that shows a, a range there that is unbelievably talented. Now-
0: one and, and it was interesting, you know, given that you given the tone of that film. And I've looked at it that I've looked at her uh at her filmography and across the board, she's very eclectic. Cause she she directed I Shot Andy Warhol, which was it's so different from the from the other films from American Psycho or this one. Uh the notorious Betty Page, um, which I think was had uh was that yeah, it was Gretchen Maul. Yeah, who was in that one. But yeah, um, I really do. I enjoy Mary Herron's work and the way she captured this I thought was quite brilliant, but I wanted to talk about this one because we like legitimately we don't get to talk about gothic horror, like legitimate gothic horror, very often and there's a reason for that and just like we were talking about in the first in the in the second in the last film, it's not one of those ones that really hits mainstream. This kind of like you know whether it's gothic architecture or it's the particular lighting that they use or the you know. The under the undercurrent themes of the film mm. itself, so, so it something like you know, very like this, because a lot of gothic horror uh, does co and just kind of overlap with coming of age tales, the loss of innocence, the right. movement into adulthood. And so if so, you take I, a
1: look at vampire films in general, right, that's generally what we're talking about. I mean, I don't know of any true vampire film that's not at least gothic well they're all gothic films i mean the 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 roots of the vampire genre um are heavily rooted in in gothic at least gothic style film tales but yeah it's all about sex well well,
0: i'd say bram stoker's a friend coppola's well even his name is gothic francis ford coppola but but Um, coppola's coppola's you know bram stoker's dracula i think definitely a gothic horror film absolutely 30, 30 days of night
1: so if you look at <laughs> that one again simply because it's a vampire film right so if oh, you, okay. if you play with right, the nature of a vampire film, not necessarily set design although you can make the argument that there is a gothic element to the set design with the muted colors with the way that uh, the, the way that they film certain scenes where certain areas look very cathedral ish yes so. Yes. You can that like, like the, the
0: like the long like the, long the drum, long right? shots yeah. and yeah, all yeah. that
1: stuff like that. Yeah, that is a, those, are, the those jail are a lot cells. of exactly. So there's yeah. a lot of gothic elements that went into that 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 film make the the set design and and the production. That are overlooked because it's you know modern day film and it does not have you know you know knights and whatever and all that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I think it gets overlooked. Like exa- again, talking about uh, talking about Event Horizon, that was most definitely a gothic horror film. Yeah, yeah. The ship was a they designed that ship to be the uh, Notre Dame Castle. That's what that it was. was a floating
2: castle, yeah,
1: right.
0: Oh, so Little Wolf brings up the Forsaken. And I agree, the way was, Forsaken was shot. I'm uh, wearing my glasses. Yeah. I just saw the
2: foreskin. foreskin yeah. Foreskin.
0: <laughs> but I agree with that. Um, uh, uh, Catherine, I mentioned Mr. Lord, Hey, Mr. Lord, good to see you. Uh, this is Catherine Bigelow, near dark. <laughs> I'm not sure it would be classified as Gothic horror, but it does have vampires in it. It's so a thing coming of one, age But Also, yeah. in that sense, coming of age. But also in one of <laughs> Let those. Let
1: the right um, one in?
0: The left, the right one. It would definitely be Gothic horror. Yeah, and, God, yeah. and as I was sitting here thinking about it, um, uh, the the theme of isolation, the, mm-hmm. like the, the kind of like Sylvia Plath, um, mm-hmm. the idea like that. The um, oh Lord, the other the other uh, the other poet, yeah, Emily Dickinson. Em- Emily Dickinson. Mm, yep. Yeah. So Emily Dickinson or um Sylvia Plath, the idea of despite being surrounded by people that you know supposedly care about you, your friends or your family like that, still mm-hmm. feeling you know crushingly alone. And especially that's definitely embodied in the character of Rebecca in this film is that she, uh, re, you know, recently lost her parents. But here at the school, you know, it's all girl, exclusive all girl uh, boarding school, and then of course friends all over the place, you know, and, and everyone like that. And she's isolated, alone all the time. Then of course she finally does make a friend. Then Ernessa comes in and begins to slowly isolate Rebecca from everybody around her as Ernesta begins to either charm, seduce, or kill everybody surrounding her to kind of isolate her. Fuck, oh, marry your kill.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like <laughs> one of those, yeah, it's a weird variation of that one.
0: <laughs> and that's why I, I absolutely adore it. And the film itself didn't get great reviews, which was a shame because I thought it was very well acted. And people uh, uh, had it was, a lot of really
2: bad things to say about this movie.
1: I Yeah, I, well again, yeah, I think it's because it's female-centric horror. Damn! It,
0: yeah, I, I, I gotta give, I, gotta, I, gotta, I have to agree because it's all girls There's Mm -hmm. only one guy in this Mm -hmm. and he's not even that really, that redeemable because he invariably kind of a creep. He's kind of a creep. He oversteps at one point, although it doesn't Mm -hmm. go any further than that, but he does overstep and then he, then he serves his purpose, but Mm -hmm. the purpose he serves and I can kind of see it is he's applied. He's literally a plot plot device. He's a plot device designed to further isolate Rebecca, right? because as a result of what Ernessa is doing, because in this film, Ernessa is not like a 30 days of night vampire or even Dracula's Ernessa is a psychic vampire yep. where she draws upon the life force of other people and eventually draining them dry till they die. But being a psychic vampire, she can also influence things around her, like cause people to hallucinate and see shit that's not there and influence the emotions of others, especially of others, especially after she's fed. So no doubt the indiscretion between Scott Speedman and her and Rebecca was as a result of her Ness's meddling. In order to further isolate, She you, you can't go to the teachers, you can't go to your friends, you mm. can't go to, you can't even lean, you can't go to your parents because they're dead. So the, trust the whole anybody, yeah. exactly. Everybody's gone. Good luck. And, so, and, the, and that sense of it was pervasive throughout the whole thing. And inv- invariably, she winds up coming through this. And I love the coming of age story there because the sense, well, this is not like Buffy. Whereas, you know, high school is hell, you know, theirs is on a hell mouth in the sense that growing up is isolating. Growing up is fucking brutal when we look back on it and the shit that we had to deal with and not from just the things that happened to us, but the things that were going through our minds, through our emotions as we were developing and trying to figure out what the hell is going on and then being pulled in nine different ways and feeling we can't go to anybody with anything anything and i love that in this film because it's particularly
1: effective when talking about that age group as well right yes that 14 15 16 16, 16, right 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 in that age group where you know even if you don't have you know the 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 parents who recently passed away nobody understands me you know i'm going through all this change and everything's against me and everything is really big all your emotions are just fucking so all over the place and
0: there's so much personified by the by the set design get right. the huge places that are in like this just right. giant beautiful place and where do you fit into it because it's yep. so alien to you and it's like it's cold mm-hmm. it's isolated everything it's is isolated
1: scary because it's yeah. so big there's like well you know trying to figure out where you belong like you're talking about where your place is in this and then you know, you have all these other people that already formed their cliques. You know what I mean? They've got their little groups of people, groups of friends, and you don't really fit in, but you do, but you don't. And, oh, fucking hell, everything is so huge. And here comes this person, or here comes this thing uh, that, that comes in and says, hey, I'll be your friend.
2: Let's be friends. Yeah. And it's the one thing. And it turns out that it's a murderous vampire trial. Yeah,
1: yeah. One um, could no, say it's allegorical to, uh, to addiction, to drug abuse.
0: Because invariably, that's what happens to Lucy. Is that is that? Ernessa uh, plays on that on Lucy's need in order to be the center of something. Because Mm -hmm. Lucy knows that she is not that. While she's the best, while she's Rebecca's best friend, Lucy knows she's not like to that to that level. In in her mind, she's a better friend to Rebecca than Rebecca is to her, and it's because Rebecca needs her more than Lucy needs her. But then Mm -hmm. someone comes into Lucy's life. Who apparently needs her more than Rebecca does. And then gives her that fulfillment, of course, it needs her because it needs to feed off of her and eventually mm. kill her. So, but that is what Ernessa does. Ernessa is able to play the role that Rebecca does not. And Rebecca's uh re- re- you know, the areas where Rebecca should be having a presence in are eventually eaten up by this monster that has come in until eventually she can overtake her power, she can retake her power and be, you know, and you know, mm. I guess destroy the monster that is or the barrier that is between her and actually embracing her own life.
2: I didn't realize you're saying all these things and it's all clicking as like this narcissistic, like I'm like, okay, I can see how American psycho was made by the same person. looking at the way that this, this movie went Mm -hmm. down. Cause there's a lot of narcissistic fuck vampires are narcissistic as fuck.
0: Everything is, about them. The giant, everything, is, yeah. everything is about their survival it will
2: manipulate everything around them to get what yep. they want wow that is i'm that's just just clicking in my head right there
0: <laughs> and the, yeah the 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 horrifying that you know how now Ernesta, despite the fact that she apparently is giving people what they want and is giving people what they want isn't if she's in essence using everybody for her own narcissistic supply because her objective is to survive at all costs and to you know to never be destroyed until she messes with rebecca And someone manages to stand up and retake her power because she does not give in to this. Because it's Rebecca's isolate, kind of self isolation when she's going through her trauma and she's trying to, you know, trying to basically break through this thing. You know, accept the fact that her parents are dead, accept her place in the world that she's gonna have to define her own terms. These are all things that that we, that we as children had to do. Arnesa preys upon those who have not done it yet, and it's breaking through that into adulthood. Is when the monsters cease to affect us anymore. We realize the monsters are harmless. That they that we we are we are beyond them, and that's when she's able to overtake you know to basically take down Ernessa and eliminate her when she you know the when she's in the, uh, the 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 in the basement in the in the briefcase yeah or the, that that large bag. So right. she's able to shut it down and destroy her, and then we see at the end of that that very pointy moment. I loved it because. She had that Bible the entire time and she was keeping that razor blade in her Bible.
2: (laughs) In the Bible, yeah.
0: Which means she'd been the whole time flirting with the idea.
2: She has, she knew.
0: Yeah. And then, of course, she just discards it because she doesn't need it anymore.
2: Well, and that shows a lot of strength, you know, that it was like she was under those those vulnerable circumstances and still had an idea of what was going on and control over the situation in case, you know, she was willing to let her mind loose she was willing to put down her guard a little bit but always at the back of her mind she knew that she was going to have to defend herself one day against this whole situation and that it it really plays on it's like you know we kept talking about coming of age and that's like that's really what it is watching somebody go through this and she came out in a positive way and that doesn't go that way for every person every time like lucy um like lucy exactly and so like it you know it it's a cool story it was a really good movie you know for what it was and the Reading the reviews before seeing the movie was like, oh, this is going to suck. You know, I know we have to fill time with a movie. And then I'm watching (laughs) and I'm like, why did they say so many terrible things? You know, and it's probably because it's teenage girls and it makes people uncomfortable to try to face those kinds of demons. And a lot of people, you know, may not have faced the kind of thing that normal people have to go through. A lot of people have an easy life and, Mm -hmm. you know, they don't have to face those kinds of things. They have the support. They have the friends. They have the clicks. But some of us were out there. You know, in the corner trying to figure it all out for ourselves. And you can kind of connect to that aspect of all the characters in this, um, except for maybe the narcissistic Sai Vang psychic vampire, but uh
0: interesting point here. Tony Regime says it's ironic that vampires are narcissistic but can't see their reflection in a mirror.
1: Which might be a hint <laughs> as to why they're so narcissistic. Maybe.
2: Hint two or uh, you know a punishment
0: because well, considering they feed off of everybody, everyone else is an extension of them. Mm. So they, Well, that's they, how they, they see
2: themselves. So they're, they're, they they're,
0: well, they're Yeah, they're, that's literally narcissism manifest. Everyone around me is an extension of myself mm. because I need them to survive. The narcissist needs everyone around them to be an extension of themselves in order to survive. So it's literally... Because we look back at the history of it, you know, the the vampire was just the you know the I guess the way of talking about the aristocrats at the time that the rich prey upon the upon the poor, that the rich make their money on the backs of the poor, and that they that everyone else is just an extension of their wealth and their gain, and that's what the you know living you're basically supping off the lifeblood of the working class is where the the kind of the legend is built from, and so we see that it's reflected in that narcissistic. Uh, that narcissistic relationship between those who have and those who work for over that. Those who are basically just take from others and those who work their ass over what they have, just invariably to have it taken by someone uh, bigger and more powerful, more wealthy than they are.
2: Man, narcissists really destroy the only the thing that they need the most.
1: So there are two things about the mirrors, by the way. And Mr. Melora is correct. It's because mirrors are made of silver, which is one thing that was mm-hmm. kind of a thing. But then you also have to remember that. Uh, the idea of them being narcissistic—they didn't want to see the monster that they had
0: become. Yes, Damn. yeah, couldn't couldn't face their true selves. Couldn't face the true selves. All right,
1: that's all right because it's it the only ironic. thing they love. It's the only thing they love. Well, no, they love the idea of what they think they are, not what they truly are.
2: They will because never it, truly see and, themselves. And it swings wow, up, and there's and so many cool fucking. It,
0: but, but you think about that, it swings pretty heavily to the picture of Dorian Gray. Hmm. Okay, who had everything he wanted and was immortal and untouchable, save for the one painting
2: and the painting, yep,
0: that he couldn't destroy, which was the reflection of his true nature and Mm -hmm. the monster inside the monster within him. Yep,
1: (laughs) so kind of a hard left. I want to ask (laughs) the audience do we think that these types of films are better as mainstream or more art house style films? This was definitely an art house style film, a uh, lot of, you know, a lot of production value, a lot of uh, set design. Not so mainstream in this one here because it's a gothic horror film. Would we like to see more gothic horror film as mainstream, or do you want to keep them more art house pieces? Let us know. We can horror at gmail.com. They got to do like, like
2: three part series like uh, Dracula on Netflix. That was that was fantastic. That was pretty boss. Yeah, yeah
0: that series was pretty was pretty awesome. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Johnny, never mind. I'll pick up my own cue.
1: Um, The
0: next film that we have. (laughs) I'm
1: sorry. Hang on. Let me try this again. Take two beats. Because JL needs a cue. JL, what do we have up next? (laughs) (laughs) Did you just? Yep, he did.
0: I did. Fucking transition, man. Why are you fucking with my shit? (laughs) I like to
1: watch you. I like to watch you squirm
2: uh hey, it wasn't as bad as uh, last night, man. I'll yeah, tell you that.
0: You fucking killed me. Last
1: night was uh, fun.
0: All right. So this is an interesting one. I've been so I've been looking forward to talking about this one. Um, a bit of a tough one to find. I had some people Shadows. ask me. I had a bit, a few people ask me about this movie where they could possibly find it. This one was a difficult one to find. This is the movie Shadows, released September 9th two thousand seven. Yep. So, and I'm going to see, and I'm going to try, because now I put myself in the situation where I have to break this stuff down. So, um, directed by Milcho Man- uh, Manchev- uh, Manchevsky and written by sorry, Milcho Manchevsky and written by Milcho Manchevsky and starring, I want to make sure I get their names right as well, Borse Nasev, Saladin Bilal, Vesna Stanijewska, Sabina Arula, and Ratka Rad- uh, Radmanovic.
1: This is why um, Eugene took off because he was afraid that you were gonna switcheroo and make him have to say all those Russian names.
0: Sir, <laughs> <her> Little Wolf, <laughs> jail will be haunted by that transition. Yes, I will be haunted <laughs> by that transition. Um, uh, but yes, this was an incredibly interesting movie. So it must be said that this is—it's not okay. This is a co-production. It is a Macedonian, German, Italian, Spanish, Bulgarian co-production okay, which was not done on a massive budget.
1: Say that again, that was convoluted as fuck.
0: Right, exactly. So that's why it was a difficult film to find, but nonetheless, extremely well done. The film follows a, uh, uh, the son of a physician who struggles to live up to other people's expectations of himself until one day he's confronted after a horrific, after an accident where he should have died, is then confronted by people who appear before him to die over and over and over again. And so the the concept within this film, uh, the the character Lucky, or it was um, uh, Lazar, Lazar, Lazar Perkov.
2: <laughs> Lazar
0: <Burcock>. Yeah. It, so <laughs> the horror word salad. The notion, uh, what got me about this one was number one, the artistry of the film. The uh, The film is lovingly crafted, w- extremely well done. Its transitions are beautiful, the acting is fantastic. And Commander Dark by right, I should have just said, Eastern European,
2: because that's pretty much what it was.
0: Um, that's the,
2: all of Eastern Europe,
0: and the acting was and the acting was absolutely phenomenal. But this is a deeply, deeply haunting film, and but but actually, light on the horror elements. There, I mean, it, it, there's horror elements in it, but it's not typically classified as a horror movie. I consider it because it speaks to deeper things within us. And that's what I want to talk about. The story in and of itself is basically just a person coming to terms – is as a meditation on, on people coming to terms with their mortality and realizing that the things that they think that are important are not actually important, that we take for granted the things that are actually important because they're usually we always we just we we always assume that they'll be there. And in actuality, when as uh, the as the protagonist sees, they are not. So it's coming to terms with one's own mortality and coming to terms with what is important in life and being faced with with these horrific scenarios, which help to kind of embed this almost, I got a real sense of like um, a Christmas Carol in seeing this, you know, like where a person is kind of like revisiting um, aspects of themselves so that they can see where they went wrong and recognize something about themselves. They didn't know before.
2: See, I felt more of like a, you don't know what you got until it's gone, kind of. Oh yeah, same.
0: you see that as well. Like a wonderful life,
2: which yeah, is yeah, really, exactly. which is,
0: which is a weird comparison. <laughs> it's really like that's so odd. It's like, like it's an interesting take on it.
2: It's I almost watching it okay because it's got the horrific elements, you know. And first of all, that fucking crash scene that was insane. Gnarly. Yeah, that was um, gnarly. As was, that was crazy. <laughs> um, but it, this one clung so tight. Um, it made you feel like you were there, and then it would it would make you feel what um what you were seeing. I, I'd say it was I'd say it was more of a psychological thriller um, than a, like a psychological horror. But the way that it makes you feel can make it seem more horror than it actually is it, because of the acting. It was f- absolutely fantastic, top notch acting, um, and the scenes and the the way that it made you feel while you're watching it was all part of the experience absolutely um but yeah no that, that crash scene though it was just like take a deep breath
0: yeah and profound, yeah what I, happened I, I don't know i just saw johnny have to turn his camera off but a profoundly haunting movie and i that's why i wanted to bring this one up um the the sense that you don't see horror films with this level of artistry with this little level of commitment to the camera no. work to the cinematography director of photography set design everything you would see this. Uh, you would see the, this level of professionalism going into, oh this level of, I uh, would say, attention to detail and professionalism going to mainstream horror films, or maybe just mainstream films overall, films that really, really resonate with people. But oddly, this this one did not. It was this thing flew so under the radar, it was almost impossible to find. I came by it on chance while looking up another film called Shadows. Really? So, and because... I was wondering
2: how you got to it because you can't just like search for it and find it. You really right. got to dig for it.
0: Somebody asked me on Discord. It was like, "What shadows are you guys gonna be talking about?" Because I have stuff. Go. I-, I found stuff going back all the way to '87, and I'm like, "There's a lot of movies out there called Shadows." So I just made "This the one from 2017." There's and that, yeah. There's a movie the called The Shadows"
2: that was. Yeah. Uh, it was a kind of a bigger one that I think people thought this one was.
0: But uh, that's why you know, I, was, I was so happy when Eugene was giving to the show to be all four of us because Eugene loves talking about the technical aspects of filmmaking and the things that go into it. I and
2: couldn't even this. begin to touch on this shit like he yeah. could on this because he's been behind that camera before. And I couldn't imagine the the focus that it would take to do this whole movie the way that they did. They, there was so much attention to detail in it that they had to be watching every corner of every frame at all points in time for it to all line up the way that it did. This, it is, was this like, is the
0: beauty of planning. Of, yeah. of making sure that everything is planned out, you know, to the best of your to the best of your capability. There's gonna be some things that are that, that kind of just happen that you gotta deal with and you gotta roll with. Sometimes you sometimes it rolls in a good way and you get to keep that for the movie. Sometimes it rolls in a bad way and you just go on to the next take. But in this particular one, the level of craftsmanship that went into this. I want to see more from these from these from these people, from all everyone on this crew. I want to see more from them because that's the kind of movie this was. It will seduce you. In fact, you think that this is not really a horror film until you start recognizing it. Because I saw it, like I said, I said A Wonderful Life and I said A Christmas Carol. But also, I would say A Wonderful Life meets Jacob's Ladder in this respect.
2: Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah.
0: When we're going along the personal journey with this individual. because right. That's how t- that's how tightly, how, or how I would say tightly um, committed they were to bringing the audience along and sympathizing with this character and what he's dealing with. You and know, it never pulled away. Yeah, and then the the, the visuals that come like the, the the really I mean it was the um, the old man with the baby got me okay. a lot the, the <laughs> metaphor of that got me a whole bunch yeah. of this one and I I really hope a lot of people uh, more people get to watch this one so the big thing on this and I see Johnny stepped away for a moment but what got me in this one was the real life horror because this one unlike ghosts and vampires and werewolves and you know, monsters and or you know personifications of whatever. This is legitimate existential horror is what this yeah. is. And I'm pretty sure because it's existential is why it didn't get classified really as a horror movie. But the, the, the existential terror of this, of the unknown, of what is beyond, of fearing that you've taken your life for granted, fearing that you have not respected others, fearing that others don't respect you. The things that are unsaid, very simpler. What, uh Something that kept hitting me was, and I'm going to get a little personal on this one. When my father passed away, he and I were on the verge of, we we're pretty much estranged. We weren't really talking. We were, um, oh yeah, the earliest one was 1959. Yep. Uh, we weren't really ch- chatting and we, yeah, it was pretty much that was what it was. I mean, I don't know another way to put it. We were estranged at the time. So when he passed away, there were many things that were unsaid and there were, th- there were, and I'm quite certain that he felt the same way that I did in respect. There are things that should have been said and he wasn't sure. And I, I, mean, I mean, I I I don't know. You're always gonna wonder, did the other person with you if they passed away with all these things I said, did they did they did they you know, did they know that I loved them? Did they know that I respected them? Did they did they see these things or did I fail to convey them as I should? I have these feelings, I'd like to think my dad did as well. So it's you know, you deal with this stuff, and this one sticks this shit right in your face. Absolutely. And, and see, Ed, that's that's yeah. kind of
2: ironic. We've never really had that conversation before, you know, on a personal level. Welcome to a personal corner on Week and Horror. But uh, I did not know my biological mom very well. She left when I was young um, and then she tried to reach out when I was 18. And I didn't know what to say to her. You know, she had split 10, 15 years previously and we weren't on speaking terms ever. And it got to a point where it was like, I feel like I should reach out. And she tried to reach me through some family members. And I was told, you know, by my my dad, and, you know, if you want to reach out, reach out. So I wrote up an email and a draft and I left it there until I was ready to send that email. Well, unfortunately, she got into an accident and passed away um, a few years after my 18th birthday. And I never got to say what I wanted to say to her. And so that, you know, watching the same, same aspect, you know, I'll never, ever be able to get to say. It's the the thought that I'll never, ever be able to get to put that down. On paper and put it in front of her and tell her how I felt um and that exactly is what you exactly what you're saying about this movie is it grabs that part inside of you because everybody's got their story and it pulls that out and puts it in front of you and I know when I was about 28 years old when I was when I decided that I wasn't invincible anymore that's when I knew I wasn't invincible and started facing my own mortality I got real sick one time and you know I've been told by a doctor like oh you've got got something going on with your heart and you got to think about it you start thinking about dying and it's like that's terrifying and you hit a point in your life where mortality becomes real and um that's scary and you can tell that that was what went into this movie whether this was something that the director uh manchevsky was facing at the time and was like we got to get that on film or it's something that he had been thinking about for a long time you know you can't it's so raw you can't tell the film film can't tell was very raw yeah and um and that that drags you down a road that you come out the other end feeling not necessarily uneasy but definitely vulnerable yeah uh, and opened up for sure
0: this film definitely goes up there in the in the ranks of the, with another film that hit me pretty hard uh was uh the movie so, ha, ha, ha. and <laughs> Sorry. Uh, hey, we're, right.
2: we're, we're pretty close to there.
0: but yeah. So, I mean, I definitely, I highly <laughs> recommend this one. And if you're able to find it, I, I maybe I may try to stream it in the uh, Discord as well so other people can see it. Some people may not call it a horror film. I definitely, I consider it to be one because it talks, it, it dives into real things, real things that we're afraid of. And so that's what I'm curious about. And I wanted to ask the audience, um, kind of get their opinion in the sense of why they, why they think it is. It appears to be, that that horror films that address real fears, real existential fears, death, the unknown, the other. These things that are very, deeply personal to us and are, are very ingrained in reality. Not monsters and aliens and you know shit like that. I mean, th- these, oh, are all, these, these are all these are all the the threat is external to us like this. But no, the things that speak to us when these types of horror films just do not get the accolades that I think they're often deserving of. Because these are the ones that are reflective of the human condition and speak to who we are as human beings and the questions that we don't have answers for. And sometimes those questions are very fucking scary. But they do not get it. They don't get the the accolades that other films typically do. I'd like to know why people think why that is. Is it because it's too much? Because we don't like to think about these things. We like to be... We like to go to the movies, we like to watch movies to divest ourselves from the things that plague us. We want to escape them, not be confronted with them when we watch our movies. And maybe why that's are you
2: doing why. this to me.
0: Well, yes, why why you idea? Yeah. I wanted to go watch a horror movie, not stare into the fucking void.
2: <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just spent $17 on a ticket, $23 on popcorn, and now I don't know if I want to go home. <laughs>
0: So, I'm, I'm curious about this. I'd like to get people's input on in that. Let us know, weekendhorror at gmail.com or down in the comments below. All right, we got one more. And uh, it's yours, Alex. Bring oh, us shit. home. Bring us oh, home. Really.
2: This one was more of a. See, this kind of brings a psychological terror back into horror. I don't know where I was going with that. Anyway, so let's talk about the movie Cube. Came out September 11th, 19, eight, 19, eight, 1998.
0: It's one of those. One of those numbers.
2: A long fucking time ago, I was eight years
1: old. I was oh, mad. fuck oh, you! I think
0: I I graduated high school this year. Yeah, I was getting ready.
1: Nineteen
2: ninety-eight. Oh Jesus! Yeah, I just learned how to pee in a toilet. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Alex was I, I'm, I'm
0: accepting my diploma and Alex is like I made a
2: duty.
1: <laughs> what am I supposed to do with these churros after I peed in I them?
0: wiped my ass.
1: <laughs> I
0: wipe my own ass. I poked in my bed, so I put it on the television. You gotta be shitting
2: me, dude. We gotta stop, we gotta stop making those those connections because I was in third grade at that point in time. So <laughs> that's insane. And then, of course, see, now Now I see why Eugene took off, man, because the names in this movie Mm. are definitely not American.
1: Nicole, Nikki, David, Andrew, Julian, Wayne, Maurice. Simple.
0: Just get the last names in there and you're good to go. Go ahead, Alex.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to fuck all these up, but uh, directed by Vincenzo Natali, written by Andre B. Yeah,
0: we'll leave it there. Graham, Man- um, Graham Manson. What? It's Graham Manson. Graham Manson.
2: Graham Man- Is it Graham? Gra- Graham. Gra- Gra- Grama. Right. See, I would have pretty- said something stupid. Anyways, Graham Manson. Um starring Nicole, David, Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole de Boer.
0: Yeah. De Boer. Nicole Deboer. Nikki Guadani, what? David Hewlett, you make me Andrew Miller, Julian, with... Julian <laughs> Richings, Wayne Robson,
1: Ezre Dax,
0: Maurice oh Dean
2: and Wayne Robson. <laughs>
1: did I get that one? Yes, yep. you did get that one. Too. very good. Anyways,
2: group of people. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, man. You make everything look so easy. And then me looks so stupid, and that's welcome to weekend horror. But anyways, group <laughs> think, of people, <laughs> you think that'll
0: you date know, Alpha K ninety one says, "Pretty sure this one we rented with our blockbuster card."
2: Yep. seriously, <laughs> everybody had this movie at some point from Blockbuster. It was yep. great. I remember that was when I saw it was on VHS. Yeah. Um. Just, so anyways, six people wake up inside of a giant cube, um, and as they kind of go from room to room, get slowly drugged farther into uh, madness as they try to use their skills, their different skills. To survive the
1: difference, what I do have
2: it's unending amount specific. of problems that end up being deadly for some.
1: So, what and you're saying weird. is, what you're saying is the cube is really, gets real. I
2: forgot to do Eugene's line. Fuck, did. It's gonna
1: he is, he is. So, what you're saying is a cube is ultimately Liam, Liam Neeson.
2: <laughs> no, it has it requires, a very particular no, I, set of skills
0: I, I, I think liam neeson would have survived the cube i do he has a particular set of skills i, liam I neeson
1: would have made the cube such a <laughs> such a like hard left but i just never saw liam neeson as a badass even watching that film like come on grandpa let's go sit down he was uh, ultra badass, in the, was ultra badass in the gray
0: no he was ultra badass in the gray that's true uh,
1: that's yeah. true but he it was like twenty years younger, so
0: right. <laughs> no,
2: dude. And Taken it, it was like I felt like at any point in time he was gonna get just it was he was gonna go be going the and going, and then somebody Charlie was Horse. just gonna fucking take him out because he was just like a dad,
1: yeah, like, like a grandpa.
0: So in this, I mean, so in, <laughs>
2: Charlie Horse, Charlie Horse.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> he like falls down so and in, shot in the head. And in this
0: movie, <laughs> anyways,
2: Liam Neeson and Cube. Yep. Um, as <laughs>
1: <laughs> jail's like, I'm looking at you guys. <laughs> commander dark, Star- commander so. dark
0: light. I don't remember Leandies and sucking on a button to keep his saliva going.
2: <laughs> well then you haven't True. seen backdoor. Never mind. Um whoa.
0: <laughs> Taken
2: backdoor. Oh. Taken out back. Anyways, go
0: ahead. No, I'm saying so this particular one, obviously. You've got. I think you. There's two types of. There's essentially two types of films here, and it can be. And I think this is when you you have to make the determination because this can kind of get lost on the surface. Obviously, the draw is people in the rooms. They don't know why they're there. Hidden information kind of situation. The rooms move around. The rooms have brutal fucking. I'm talking brutal fucking True. traps
2: some of and those that, things
0: though. and I mean and it was fucked up because like as the, as the franchise progresses they get worse
2: Dude, they get so it's like <laughs> so, it's like an early saw
1: but like is he yeah, has gonna say it's a it yeah. definitely you can see the the influence it had on some of the horror films Fucking like the, saw that, afterwards the razor
0: wire one is still the one that gets me the oh th- yeah the one that was like, that
1: was obviously obviously <laughs> copied in a certain Zombie, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like Resident Evil, yeah, <laughs>
2: we've seen this before.
0: But in that respect, this thing obviously, and, and Q goes uh, Q goes miles deep, you know, it, essentially, yeah. But that was the whole thing: is that in essence, the rooms themselves are dangerous because one, they're dangerous because the rooms offer nothing for you. That was an interesting part of this film: is that one of the things, and one of the things that was chosen when they were developing the film was. What the urgency of this, there, there is no food or water in the rooms anywhere. So the sense of urgency is to get out. You must escape or you will, at minimum, yeah. you will die of dehydration. Even if the rooms don't kill you, if you just sit in one place, you'll eventually just, you'll, you'll starve to death or you'll die of dehydration. That's pretty much it. So that's the urgency to get out. So you're already putting people in a situation where the survival is threatened. Not to mention, they have amnesia. so They don't know what's going on. They don't know who the bad guys are. They don't know if the people in the room with them are the bad guys, so then paranoia and the other psychoses begin to play on them as they begin to like look around, try to mm. find you, know, find ways to get one over on the other one.
3: Another. Then you throw in the
0: traps. So the rooms are doubly dangerous. One, they offer no resource. Two, they could be trapped, but you don't know you until you enter them, and that could be the end of you. So I, that's what I love about, about, about this thing. But the rooms themselves, in essence, though the traps may change, the rooms don't change. What I found interesting was it was the people themselves mm-hmm. as they move from place to place, as they move from point to point, from room to room. It's the people that change, and every time they enter a room, especially, and this was this one got me because I didn't pick up on it the first time, was the change in color. Was that there were different uh, different rooms. The, the, the cubes had different color palettes, but the 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 one room would be all it would be like all white or all, all red. red
2: I'll I'll be exactly yeah.
1: uh-huh. Yep. Where's from that come from?
0: It? Simon. What game? The game no. of Simon. I don't know. <laughs>
1: Mask of the Red Death.
0: I can.
2: That's see that a that's a reach. I, <laughs> I, I no, it's not. I, I think it's no, not no, a no, reach.
0: No, 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 no. no. The, the 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 reason it was done that well for two two reasons. The reason it was done that way was one for technical purpose. There was only one cube built for the movie. No, so no, they're I understand. Constantly moving it out of each one, so in order to make it look different, that yeah. they would change the color palettes on the the light on the lighted cube, mm-hmm. and then so it was just, now you're in a blue cube, yeah. now you're in a red cube, now what? you're in a white cube, and then that's huh? and they sh- and all the scenes they shot all the red cube scenes for you know, and then they, they would move on to should they so it made it easier to do set design, which is pretty sure. which was pretty brilliant.
1: Yes, but and it's also the, brilliant because it was a play off of that the, well, the really, thematic. Styles of Mask with the Red Death. We're talking well, about different colored rooms. Yeah, but Poe different... po
0: only used red in that. No, he in didn't. This one,
1: no, he didn't. He had a red room. He had a blue room. He had a green room. There were multi multiple colors in that in Mask with the Red. A, red.
0: Oh, okay, yes, because it because it plays to the idea that the, the monochromatic speaks to people. Yes, in different ways, and that was exactly. the that's the intention of the rooms. Because if you take seven people as it begins in this movie, you move and you put to them all into the
1: reach motherfuckers.
0: This movie was
2: just like The Count of Monte Cristo. But the themes,
0: of the themes of The Mask of the Red Death are not...
1: No, I'm not talking about... I'm not talking about...
0: Yeah, thematically, they're, they're, they're different stories. I mean, there's, it's, it's an aspect right. that's reused. What I'm, I don't y- even yes. think Poe used it for that purpose, though. Why wouldn't he? I think, he, think was he was doing it different.
1: I each room I think had a different theme.
0: For, I think he was doing it for the for the viewer, for the reader, because he was writing them. Yeah. And making Uh, it all great.
2: Elizabeth Sylvester, I agree. Resident Evil was a great series of movies. Go ahead.
3: Boom.
0: (laughs) Great series
1: of (laughs) movies to miss.
0: Anyway, but that's what it is. The monochromatic rooms play to people differently. And so it's the people that change as they move from room to room. And that's what got me in this. Was and that's they either why, adapt
2: and overcome, or they give up and die, or you know they're not re- strong enough yes, exactly. to survive.
0: That's where the idea where this film and we and we use the term Kafka, where this film is very Kafka-esque Kafka esque because and because the rooms are bureaucratic, almost to the point. that – I mean, they're static, they're dangerous, and they don't provide you anything. The rooms are, are literally just the system in and of itself, but it's the people who are going through them who are constantly changing, who are constantly metamorphosizing as they move from room to room they're adapting they're evolving they're changing either they're degenerating or they're progressing it doesn't matter the fact that the 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 system of where the rooms are is all based in mathematics and uh, you know very difficult mathematics at that because it works in like all on on the xyz access access and then of course so you've got that aspect to it which you know math can drive people nuts as well trying to figure shit out especially when you have no pen and no paper so the bureaucratic static nonsense of the of the of the rooms themselves that they don't change harken very much back to Kafka's the metamorphosis or Kafka's metamorphosis about a man who wakes up and all of a sudden he's a giant insect
2: I hate it when that happens I know
0: yeah, really really mess up your Monday must <laughs> see <you> monday <laughs>
1: somebody's got a case of the mondays i want
2: to punch that flare guy in the face right now thanks guys so
0: <laughs> so and that's that's what i got from this it was an examination is that in the face of nothingness in the face of things that don't change how we change and that's what makes q really scary it wasn't so the nothingness
2: the is so oppressive that it does make it very cough guys you're right but yes it, it's like you know it it comes back to like, there's no food, there's no water. You know, you're gonna die, you're gonna dehydrate if you don't make it out. But if you, you know, if you give up, you're gonna die. If you keep going, you could fuck up and die. It's like you've got no choice. So, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna fight to survive? You're gonna be a little bitch and just cry in the corner, um, which die. actually doesn't work for uh, what's his face?
0: Live it's, or die, make yeah. your choice.
2: <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's just what was the what was the line, um, uh, was it no more talking no more guessing uh oh you got to save yourselves from yourselves and that's that was like the line in the movie that was like oh okay yeah that's like hope that's you know he's like you got to save yourself it doesn't work trust me
0: no it it, it never does (laughs) sorry and invariably invariably in the end the person who looks at look at who essentially the autistic character and i don't really think uh, I, this is the obviously this is the this is the you know the late '90s. The autism wasn't really represented very well in in, in movies, especially in horror films. But it's, at yeah, the end, is the autism. either
1: the genius that saved the day or the bumbling idiot.
0: Exactly, and who invariably somebody tries to use to like set up a trap and you know in order in order to use to get ahead in that respect. But right. in this one, it's the savant, it's the, the the mathematical savant, and then that individual ends up being because that one is you know because the autistic guy and it is not aggressive. He doesn't attack anybody. He's generally sheltered by the more compassionate people in the group. And invariably their compassion gets them killed. The aggression of the other ones gets them killed. But the guy who invariably does nothing except read the math, but he essentially does nothing is the one that that winds up surviving, which is a reflection of what would have happened because if they'd stayed in the first room from the beginning, they'd have been free 16 hours later. They would, the, 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 rooms would have, the room, the door would have opened up and they would, have yeah, to but go.
1: it's not like the damn thing came with instructions.
0: Well, this is true. Hey but guys. The fact that the cube operate in the same reflection as the character that survived it, the character who actually didn't do anything. And did he, he didn't foster he didn't foster relationships? Yeah, but do you didn't. think
1: you're gonna figure that out in the moment in that type of situation? Oh, no,
0: I would have I would have panicked, run off into a room and got smoked. <laughs> why? Actually, that's my question. There's that's found my shoes lay somewhere. That's why this is such this is such an early
2: nineties film to me because it's so fucking obvious. If you get if you get kidnapped, just like in Saw. If you get kidnapped and you're put into a room, clearly the person that put you there could get there in and out. Like there's an out from that room. You got put into that room from the outside world. There's a way out from that room. Just fucking chill there and figure it out.
1: Yeah, yeah. You just gotta cut your eyeball out, or cut your leg off, or shoot the why, guy. Why from run you off? Or...
2: Like in the cube, like in cube, why, why run off? You clearly got there from this point. It's not like they put you in there. I mean, well, it, it yeah, could but be a multi-dimensional situation because uh, you people's know, but,
1: natural, you know, propensity to want to stay alive if they don't understand the situation is most people generally the whole fight or flight kind of thing. If there's nothing to most fight, people are,
2: it's flight.
1: Well, I mean even if even if you aren't even if you are fight, if there's nothing mm-hmm. to fight, then you're kinda of left with one choice. Die. Flight.
0: Oh. You either, you either fight fight your circumstances <laughs> or you run away from them.
2: It just it always seemed pretty obvious to me that if you got stuck into a room, there was a door to get out of that room.
0: I, I am very I love the I love the depth of this film that it goes far far deeper I mean you can enjoy it just on the surface level is what it is people you know waking up in in a torture joint you know trying to make their way out of it. but I like that it reflected deep that there were grander meanings to the end of this obviously because no meaning is given to the cube there's like in the first film I mean they expand upon this in the second film in, in hypercube and in cube zero they expanded uh, this to whole government thing but we don't know this in the first movie in the first movie, material it's immaterial. Exactly. Yeah. You are in a place. It's a It's very Sartre, in the respect that you know you will get out by your own by your own means, but you're not going to want to. And the concept that people will stay where they're at instead of dealing with the shit that's in front of them, that they will literally accept, like Kafka, they will literally invariably accept. You turn into a giant fucking insect, and instead of fighting against this. They will invariably just end up rolling with the system.
2: <laughs> it's kind of ironic, what and is. that's
0: fucking scary. Yeah, yeah. Cube gets me every time, especially the first one. The second one was kind of, you know, it was like it tried to, it kind of do you know, my favorite. Forever Night Vampire, Garrett Wood Davies was in the second one. I really enjoy. I mean, I like watching Mac because he, he was the bad guy, so it was it was good to see him be a bad guy, and, um, I, and I enjoyed Cube Zero. Was pretty rough. The traps in that one, especially the melting dude at the very beginning. That was that one always gets <laughs> me. It's like his fucking skin starts sloughing off and shit. And I was like, oh. I was like, what the fuck? Because <laughs> it's slow and it's just Blech. like, I, and I couldn't tell if it was acid. Blech. I couldn't tell if it if it, if it was what was spraying on him or what he ingested. Mm. But whatever came out of those walls, he thought it was water. It was inside like, or it, out.
2: It fucked him up.
0: Inside or out, it fucked him up, and yeah. just he melted. Like, but going, oh god, fuck. Him gross i would only hope that his nerve endings were severed so he couldn't feel it but yeah that looked really horrible um but yeah it's i did i mean i'd I'd like how deep cube goes how deep you can go and go into it and you can watch as the actors specifically make the choices when they are affected by each room as they walk into them brilliant fucking filmmaking and they did it all look at this for you future filmmakers out there look how simple that is the whole movie was one cube. It was just one cube. That's it. And one cube. Different light bulbs. With, with six lighted deals, with six lighted panels, and then they just changed the gels on them in order to make it into a different room. Yep. And then you just have to have you make make damn sure your actors are talented enough that they can shoot a movie like this because the movie was not shot chronologically. So their descent into madness was not shot chronologically different levels of madness throughout production and i found that to be brilliant it's just really really good shit it was great yeah
2: and you know a lot of times when we talk about movies that are this old or you know classics like this we we ask the audience like do you think that they could do this kind of movie nowadays do you think they could bring this back well Look no farther because they are actually rebooting this movie. Lionsgate is doing a reboot of this movie um here.
0: <laughs> Johnny looks so depressed. <laughs>
1: can they just can they pretend to put out a new movie once every now and again? Just pretend. Don't call the cube, call the fucking pyramid. I don't fucking what? care. No, Lie no. to me a little bit.
0: Actually, they kind of happened. They've been calling them Escape Room. Remakes are just
2: <laughs> yeah. something that you got to fucking accept, man. We've done everything. We've done I, as far I, as... No, as, no,
0: as I'm a, look, color, look, right?
1: look. I'm not wholeheartedly against remake. I mean, I'm part of a production team that, that did remade Nailgun. Oh, so. I was going to say, didn't we <laughs> just start in get a word for being a remake? Can we get something that's, like I said, lying to me a little bit?
0: Sir Little Wolf says, No. Of course, yeah, the sort of Little Wolf is a wolf, so it may be a howl, but mm-hmm. definitely saying. But uh, it's not just Lion Geeth that's remaking this.
2: No. There's it's actually getting, October 22nd. Japan is actually slated to it's release. It's getting
0: a Japanese remake, too. A version. Oh, <laughs> it's got two so remakes. It
1: was bad. I apologize to everybody out there who may be of. Uh, Japanese persuasion that was oh my God, Johnny, you uh, it's extremely uh, uh wrong of me. i apologize
0: <laughs> but yeah <laughs> fucking
1: hilarious two, but
0: this it was movie it was good uh, but yeah two remakes of cute coming up the cute Japanese remake and then the Lions get American, so we're getting an American remake right. and a Japanese remake on this. I'm actually really curious about the Japanese one because the Japanese one takes shit so fucking far. And I'm really Dude, curious
1: Japanese their traps horror, are man. Be. Japanese <laughs> horror is fucked up, especially their psychological horror. God oh, yeah. damn, man! Like, hey, look, uh, we're making a movie to fuck with your mind, motherfucker. So you better strap the fuck in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's the way Commander Darkness is the, the cube with a kaiju in one of the rooms. <laughs> <Dude. laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: yeah, and Sir Little Wolf is correct. Yeah, I could watch a Japanese version of this. I don't know. I mean, I'll watch them both, but I'm actually kind of excited about the Japanese version just to see their take, you know, because we see, you know, America, the American takes on Japanese films, on J, on J- Horror, K Horror. We see those takes all the time, they usually wind up crap. But I'm really curious about the Japanese version of this one uh, of an American film. In fact, actually, this technically was a Canadian film. Um, it was a uh, <laughs> Canada. Oh,
1: Canada is in the American continent.
0: Wow. Well, you know, you know. And then, oh, is it? Um, how could the story be improved in a remake? And that's uh, Mr. is That's a very good question. You I know, don't
1: I, know, I wouldn't have a problem if it was a reboot or just a sequel. You know what I mean? Another telling of the story. But. You know like I said to me a little that's bit. That's the thing
2: the Japanese version is that it's just a remake and all the characters are based off of um the originals. So yeah. could you could they do it better? I mean it, with Maybe. the technology and stuff, but it's like that's the thing. It was so low tech that they would have to keep it low tech to make it good. So yeah it, you know, but
0: part part of the charm of, the, fr- of the original far, is, the, is low is the lo-fi.
2: Right. The fact that it yeah. was so
0: simplistic if yeah, they that take it too comedy, far, they could yeah. fuck it up.
2: So I don't know. I'm looking that's forward what, to that. Yeah, really that's right.
1: kind of what uh that's kind of what that's the dangerous part about redoing a movie like this is because part of the like the biggest part of the charm was the fact that it was a low budget, low well, I would say low budget, but it was you know uh extremely tight. Mm-hmm. Like I said, one fucking room, literally one room. Um, I don't know. The stuff like that is kind of that's that's what I liked the most about the original Saw film was that that whole thing was shot in 18 days. And they did it all in one location.
2: Well, the well, so cube was, was shot in 20 days. Yeah.
1: No, I know. That's what I'm saying. That's what I mean. Right? That's what I'm talking about. Right? Yeah. So you have these films that, that are done so, I don't, don't want to say guerrilla-like, but definitely shoestring. You know, time-wise, you have no time to make mistakes. And if you do make a mistake, you got to make it work. And, you know, everything just has to be really on point, And everything's got to be so planned out. You know, because when you give yourself eighteen or twenty days to shoot a film, there's a lot of shit that goes wrong while shooting a film. If you don't have a whole lot of time well, if, you, if you only
0: I think, got, yeah, and I, I you only think got Alpha, half a million dollars. I think Alpha Canada One wants to see some Tetsuo shit in this. So we actually covered on a previous episode Tetsuo the Bullet Man. And you did. <laughs> <laughs> that movie is so fucked up. But trust me, dude, drill penises, that's that's far <laughs> for the course in Japanese horror. So yeah. Johnny, look at Johnny's face. You weren't around when we covered Tetsuo. Oh, that, <laughs> that was, that was cool.
2: an episode for sure.
0: That was early on. I just
1: like that you call it a drill penis.
2: It is a drill penis. It's yeah, we went like so far jam. into that one, too. Like We, we went deep, back. yeah.
0: It's a you went of...
1: deep in that one, huh?
2: Yeah, because well, the penis had a drill, a so
1: you could go pretty far in. Uh,
0: and, and, of course, being a reflection of the Japanese mentality, the Japanese businessman during the time, during post-World War II, and what led to invariably... The identity the, the loss of identity for the japanese businessman which led to the spate of suicides of suicide reactions to that kind of identityless existence for the japanese male and this is, this is
2: really making me excited for the yeah. cube reboot now
0: i'm very curious where they're gonna <laughs> take it i really really am um, and then you got, and then of, you
2: got the Lionsgate side though
0: oh, yeah well, oh, Elizabeth sorry. Sylvester says, so Japanese horror films are a lot better than others. They can be because it's unlike different. America, uh, it's different, but because America, the, there are certain things that American audiences mainstream audiences will not tolerate. But Japanese film, Japanese filmmakers are not afraid to go places that American filmmakers, they American are film are will not. Yeah. So they'll, well, explore, we've they'll their- explore themes and they'll explore visual stuff that American films won't touch. Not to we the, talked not to about
2: it before how Japanese horror films focus more on actual lore and like, you know, lore and stories and stuff. It's part of their culture as opposed to, we use horror movies as entertainment in America. They use, you know, the horror that they talk about is like real life stuff that they, you know, the stories that they were told growing up and, um, there's a lot of life lessons in their horror movies and they use it to scare kids into being complacent. And they unfortunately, don't box, but no, and, and they, they're not afraid to go for it. We use it for entertainment in America. Um, but it has to follow entertainment guidelines. It has to fit a certain crowd. They want to be able to sell movie tickets and a lot of Japanese horror, especially like a lot of the kind of indie underground stuff, they just fucking go for it yeah. and they don't hold back. And it's like, I'm going to put everything I'm imagining in my head on paper. I don't care what anybody thinks. It ends up being really good a lot of the times. Um, a lot yeah. of the stuff that we like Americanize, like the ring and um, uh, like the grudge and stuff yeah. is very Americanized and it's not as scary as the originals because, you know, there's an actual scary story behind because
1: it. Because of Sarah Michelle Gellar and...
2: Right, you got these people that you know. They've seen them in the movies before, and yeah. So, as an American watching Japanese horror films, they can be a lot scarier than American horror films to me yep, because yeah. there's a lot that goes into it. Yep. Unlike Lionsgate, who's going to take this movie, call it Cubed, and hopefully not fuck it up.
1: <laughs> so they're gonna, they're gonna fuck it
3: up.
0: Definitely let us know weekend horror at gmail.com. Um, if you're looking forward to either one of the remakes, the Japanese one or the American one, let us know in the comments below. Or mm-hmm. neither. Should they just not touch this thing at all? And should they, they should just leave Cube alone? We're I'm I'm curious to hear what you all think. So guess what, everybody? What that's, that's what it. JL. That's it. That's, it, that's, it,
1: that's all. <laughs> that's it. No, it
0: is it is it's about what everybody's waiting for. It is trivia time. It is. Yeah, I still need an
1: intro where I can go like trivia time. (laughs) 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 Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) gentlemen, (laughs)
0: gentlemen. It's time to win some free shit. It is trivia time. Time to win some free shit. And um it hasn't been announced yet, but it will be this month. So you're gonna have to wait a little bit on this. Holy long.
1: crap! Yeah, today is the first of the month. This is the
0: first of September. Oh, oh. shit. so what I'm gonna do? What we're shit. doing is you are going to get for this one for this particular episode. I got to make sure I'm ready to write it down. Write down the winner. So this is episode. This is trivia time. And for episode, episode can 50, hold it. fifty fucking episodes and fifty one, season, oh, season two, is on two. This is this is episode. This is episode fifty. Fifty. Yeah. Was it
1: not 51? Oh, no, it's got to be 51. Last no, week 51. next
0: week. Next week on the 8th is 51, and then the season finale is on the 15th.
1: How the fuck do we have episode 100
0: Because there's, we be- have episode 50? Because that's 100 days, and every year there's 54 days. Because week? there's 52 weeks in a year.
1: Uh-huh, 52 weeks. One
0: episode a week. A hundred episodes, but there's a hundred and f- hundred and eight. It would have to there's be hundred forty. A hundred forty. Yeah. So there's still there's a four day There's yeah. a forty difference. She there, hasn't
1: yeah. say, we're at forty eight, so it should be at fifty.
0: This is episode fifty. <laughs> That's, what, That's what I just said. fucking said. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry for math. Speaking of math. <laughs>
2: Jesus Christ. Ironic anyway, for the fucking trivia question.
1: You <laughs> so gotta get it ready for the math question, like Alex said. What the fuck is the matter with you people? The
0: the winner of this one will get nothing an, offic- an
1: official not winner. a goddamn thing. <laughs> you get nothing. You get nothing.
0: <laughs> no. Uh we are giving away an official week in horror season three artwork t shirt.
1: It's not going to be a special one, right? It's going to be the season three. No, one. it's not
0: the limited edition. This is the official season three artwork.
1: Oh, what was that? What was that
0: theme song? Hang on a second. Let me give me a hint. So,
2: so, season
0: three I artwork don't think shirt. That's it. Oh. The artwork that was done by Joshua Olson. His link for as uh, bad samurai store bad samurai The link. Check is that shit out. Check his shit out. He's got some great stuff it's over there. Fantastic. Um, he did the artwork for season three, and this will be you. We are giving away so we, out. When, when we debut it, when we debut it on the store, when it goes <laughs> live with the season three. So you got to wait until the season finale. <laughs> but then we will send you. this why I'm take all the information. We're going to send you an official <laughs> season three shirt. I'm sure you guys are, I can't. I can't spoil it yet. We just gave you a hint. We
1: just it. gave you a hint. That's it. That's the only hint yet.
0: <laughs> so Alex, here I we gave go.
1: Trivia time. <laughs> Trivia time. Go for it. It's go time. Feed me. Yes, I know it's me. I just wanted to see you sweat.
0: I'm sweating. Uh,
1: you're a myth, I'm not sweating.
0: Oh, I am. It's <laughs> hot as fuck out of this
1: garage. <laughs> All right. So in the film The Cube, how many cube rooms were contained within the sarcophagus? How many cube, how many rooms, damn it. How many rooms were in The Cube? <laughs> That's a simple way of putting it. Yep.
2: Words, words, hard.
1: I, I, don't, sleep. Are I don't sleep. Okay, so fuck your mother. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody was up late last night editing someone else's video. I'm not going to say who or name name.
0: Yeah, I'm putting typos in it too. Like I said. Oh! Fucking... <laughs> Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah. When you're up, when you're you up,
0: open the door.
1: When you're up oh. as late as I am, I think sarcasm may have it.
0: Oh, let me see here. Let me see here. We got the answers yep. that Sircasm we got. Chasm has Sircasm. it. Sircasm. Wait, wait,
1: wait, wait.
0: <clears throat> we want to verify.
2: I've got somebody before Sir. Oh, it was
1: Jinju. Yeah, let's double check. Let's look. Jinju. Jinju. Yeah, Jinju check uh, it, yeah, Jinju. I think they both came in at the same time. It's just Jinju came in like
0: it's it's, it's whoever it's, it's whoever came up first in the in that chat. So we gotta find out uh, well,
1: that's Jinju. Today. Yeah.
0: Weak in horror and we're kind of so I got to lower the volume cuz there we go and so if I go to touch if I go to live chat all right so going down the live chat and you guys can confirm I've got first on the board is Jinju with 17,576 rooms mm-hmm. which is the answer we also would have accepted 26, 26 cubed. cubed which is 17,576 yep. so there were 17,576 rooms in the cube so yes jinju i got jinju first yes same with everybody yep yep fan friggin test congratulations to jinju
1: Congratulations, you, Yay!
0: <laughs> you get a mystery t-shirt
2: <laughs> and alpha k91 jinju got a comma for in for the bonus and Cheers, you man. get
0: so jinju you will be getting a Season three artwork shirt. As soon as we debut that, we will be debuting that shirt. <laughs> on, we will debut that shirt on the season finale. So be sure to uh, be sure to attend then, and you will get the shirt. I can't wait to show you. I'm so proud of the artwork that that uh, that Olsen did. It's fucking amazing. So it's gonna be great. All right. So congratulations again, Jinju. We got a bunch of other answers in there. What? Uh, little wolf of 1880. Um, Sarcasm. So close. Tony Regime, 30. Commander Darklight, 10,000. Alpha K-91, haven't seen it in 20 years. <laughs>
1: Nailed it.
0: <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Runner up, yep. And then everyone's got it. Yep, awesome. Congratulations again to Jinju. fan fucking fantastic. Well, that is going to bring another episode of Week in Horror to a close. Thank you all so much for listening, and we truly hope you enjoyed the show. Join us next week when we look back at Hardware. The Cleansing Hour, Polaroid, and the one icon we haven't talked about yet, Wishmaster. Now we'd like to send a special shout out to all of our amazing patrons who have helped us make the show the success that it has become. Thank you all so very, very much. Also be sure to check out Joshua Olson's new store. He does all the artwork for us, for all of our limited edition tees and our cover art. He has amazing new designs over at his store, badsamurai.store. The link is in the description. Visit us at weekendhorror.net where you can find links to all of our episodes, our bios, our merch store at Teespring, and of course, enter your email for a permanent entry to win a mystery horror shirt every month, courtesy of 6 dollars We love them over there. For more horror entertainment, be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Followers get our daily splatter. A little bit of horror info every single day right to your feed. You never know what new horrors you may discover. Subscribe to our channel. Smash that bell like a zombie head for all the latest notifications from the show. We really hope you enjoyed the new live format. when We decided to take this live. I think this is our 26th episode live or 27th episode live. And we'd love to get your feedback on them. Um, Be sure to leave us a comment below as the interactions really help us with that dreaded algorithm. And lastly, if you truly love what we do here and you would like and are able to support our production, you can through our Patreon. We have subscriber tiers as low as $1 a month, bonus and exclusive content and horror films that we send to you, movies from our collection, we send to you every month for our higher tiers. And however, if you prefer, you can support the show, uh, you can support the show through our PayPal as well. Links to all of this, including to our Discord community where you can find film recommendations, trailers for the movies that we just talked about, Trivia games, horror watch parties, and even interact directly with all of us are all in the description. And, of course, things are insane out there. We thought you know, we were on the verge of recovery, and apparently it's just getting nuts. So nope. It's just it's, it's chaos. But you guys are here with us, and we absolutely love each and every one of you for it. As always, simply commenting, liking, and sharing this show with the friends in your local horror community is the best way you can continue to help us grow. We want to thank you all from the bottom of our hearts for being the greatest audience a podcast could have. I am JL. I'm I'm Johnny. (laughs)
1: You
0: jackasses.
1: Go ahead, Alex. You go first.
2: I'm Eugene. Look at the script. It says JL, then you. I know
1: it. I'm sorry. I saw Eugene and I was like, I'm
0: Eugene. (laughs) (laughs) I'm JL.
1: I'm Alex. And I'm Johnny Gene.
0: We'll see you all next week. If you can, stay scared.